You know what's funny? I, I I had one of those awesome questions you love answering Don't at do the this beginning of the episode. Don't no, do no, I had like a really good one and I completely forgot it. Thank God. So I I think you're safe for this Thank episode. God. Like what's the I'm so over it. <laughs> <laughs> but you love you love my fun my fun gaming facts. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, I don't know what I- led you to believe that. <laughs> It it actually came back to me. It literally just oh, came back to me. Okay, what is yes, it? Yes, thank you. Because so you, sir, have been playing a game. I do that every day, but yes. Every day, yeah. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Apparently you're you're playing in this zombie wonderland as Jay, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you know? What game is in the same universe as Days Gone? Uh, what's that? Do you remember a little beautiful, probably, probably the the quintessential like predecessor of laying down the foundation for third person shooters? Gears of War on the PS One. No, oh. on the PS One. <laughs> oh God! So I, I remember I was an Xbox guy. My my brother he got the PlayStation. He was a PlayStation okay. guy. You may have seen it, or you're at least familiar with this franchise. What is it? Because it's made by the same uh, developer. Do you remember a character by the name of Gabe Logan? Yes. Why do I know that name? Because he came from a phenomenal game series called, um, oh, I'm about to butcher it, uh, Siphon Filter. Si- Siphon Filter? Siphon filter, thank you. My, 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 my Spanish kicks in. That's the but, same universe? Yup. Is it the same universe or just the same company? No, it's the same universe. The so in the game. Out. So in the in the PS1 version, I don't know if you remember from the clips, there's a there's a, a mission, I believe it's in New York, and you're shooting these guys in yellow hazmat suits, right? Mm-hmm. What are the hazmat suits that you see in Days Gone? No shit. Yeah, so they're alleging those are... It looks different because the graphics are improved, but that's what the hazmat suits would look like in Siphon Filter. Also, there's a secret weapon in the game. Go on. What do you you think? (laughs) What do you think is a secret weapon that's in Days Gone that's from uh, Siphon Filter? Oh, I have no idea what it's called, man. That was like 20 years ago. So if there was one thing about that game, when you're playing as Gabe, it wasn't his silenced pistol. 
It wasn't his MP4 and it wasn't his, his assault rifle. He had a taser. And oh. when you would shoot the taser at the guards, you could hold it and they would catch on fire. No shit. Swear to God, yo. They would catch on fire. And that weapon is in days gone. That's fucking wild. <laughs> that is some. Finally, you did something. Man, this, see, do more of these. <laughs> Your other ones like involve coconuts and shit, and they're fucking weird. These ones are good. <laughs> Great. Ten this out of this 10, is right? why I'm subbed to you. This is, this is, this is it. <laughs> This is why you come back every 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 Saturday. Yeah, this, right? is, this is why every Thursday. I don't know why you said Saturday. Because that's when we <laughs> upload. No, we don't record this live. The people know that. <laughs> However, I think we should do a live episode at some point. Oh yeah, we oh we will. I think we, we could will. I think we could hook one up. Stay tuned for that. We're gonna work on that and we'll announce something on, on next week. Ken Dog will work on it and I will work out behind the scenes. Totally for free. Whoa. We won't pay for it. <laughs> totally for free. <laughs> a live episode. Oh man. I have an idea. Actually now that this popped up, something did come into that. Alright, I'm gonna um, Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll 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 work on that. We should have worked on that on the pre show. We could have done that live. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. But, uh, what's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brandon Wayner. And with you, with me, as always, see, I got my own. It's been so long since I did the intro for us. I know, you poor bastard. Like, I used to be, like, remember, I was like, hey, I'm going to do the intros because I like doing the intros. And then you started doing the intros and said, because you hate me. And now I'm doing the intros again. <laughs> And I'm all fucked up. <laughs> but with me, as always, is the guy who likes to skydive, Kenny Gomez. And I also like to request Freebird at every concert I go you to. You are. That's my job. I'm the white one. <laughs> well, since I'm skydiving, I'm free as a bird. <laughs> I do not request I'm free start angry, sir. I'm gonna I'm gonna start angry sipping at you now. That's gonna be my new gimmick. An angry <laughs> angry, sip. angry sipping. <laughs> you like I style. bet he listens to Nickelback anime on style. the side. So I didn't bring this up to you on the pre-show and I because I completely forgot. I think I'm gonna do anime reviews on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Cause there's some Yo. there's some good shit out there coming out, and there's also some terrible shit. <laughs> You should you should just do reviews. Period. I think you need to do videos for all the Steam reviews you've left. I feel like a, a, a solo episode is you and the war you have with the one developer, <laughs> the, the dev who who writes patch notes about me. Yes, <laughs> like, that's a real I'm claim made, to fame. I made a fucking a company, not a solo dev, a, a company so mad at me that they shit talk me <laughs> in their fucking. In their dev posts <laughs> because of my review. It was a solid review. Ugh. I might just do a fucking recording of that and put it up so that way people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was it was good. But um today we are not talking about any of that. <laughs> today we are finishing Halo Silent Storm. Silent Storm. Silent Storm. Silent Storm. Loud Calm. What am I gonna call this one? The louder calmer? The louder calmer, <laughs> or the the let's see, um, the real calm after the storm. 
No, that's terrible. Yeah, that um, one's worse. <laughs> that was really bad. I'm looking at what what all went down. I think we should call it. We should call it the winter contingency. No, because that's the thing that happens later. <laughs> no, that, that's a real thing that we have to discuss later, <laughs> and that's gonna be like a whole episode. <laughs> um, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Hold on, let's see what we're, let's see what we're working with here, because uh, I'm sure we'll say something profound while we're recording this, and all it'll it'll jump at us. Oh uh, God, may God have mercy on us. God. <laughs> no, if we had to deal with fucking carnage, or not carnage, collateral damage, um, and there was no God to save us, then He's not coming for something as little as Silent. Oh, Storm. He's not coming now. <laughs> Damn it. Um, speaking of, before we get into Silent Storm, I will have you know. So I was going through kind of our our timeline of events that you and I have on the internal side, and I noticed that the next book that we have is Halo Oblivion, and I've never read Oblivion. Have yeah, we may. We, we need to get on that, take a little high. Yeah. You know, so well, I, I, it, uh, it comes to me on, on Sunday. I get it. Oh. Yeah, but I was, I was like... that one. Yeah, man, but I was like, shit, I have like two weeks <laughs> to like finish this book. Because <laughs> that's like immediately following Silent Storm. Yeah, forward under Dawn, but yeah. All the all forward under dawn stuff happens during Oblivion. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like Oblivion Ooh. is the next one that happens, and I'm like, uh oh, we're finally hitting like that territory of stuff that I'm not familiar with. It finally happened. <laughs> You're like, no, no, I have to read book. <laughs> like, how did we get here? But it'll be good. I haven't read like I haven't like opened a book up and read in such a long time. I'm actually kind of excited for it. That's good, man. That's a that's always a dope, a dope feeling. Mm-hmm. Plus, your vocabulary expands, and you know you're not gaming as much, but you're you're working your brain in different ways. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing, man. It's a good thing. But uh, Ken Dog, tell you what. Oh shit, sources. So our sources for this episode are going to be Halo, Silent Storm, and then there was something that happens from Ford unto Dawn. But it's not really important. We may get there. We may not. So Halo 4 forward under Dawn may or may not also be on this episode, depending on how it pans out. And then that should be it for the resources, as well as the usual Halo wiki. Yeah, no, yeah, it's pretty much a continuation of the the last sources we used for the first episode, really. Yeah, it's nothing really changed too much. Uh, Ken Dog, do you want to get the people? Where did we leave off? Now, when we when we left off with the kids, um, we were having a little meeting. As as you all, as you guys know, a, a certain mission uh, didn't really go too well. Certain secrets were revealed. Uh, for instance, um, a certain general found out that the Spartans weren't necessarily soldiers. Uh, but they were children. Yep. Uh, let, let me see. By was it was the gentleman's name Hector um, Nieto was the guy who yes. who was like low key snitching them. Yes, and um, we actually we'll go more into that too. That that comes back up too. But yeah, so essentially, um, after after the mission, and this is the mission that John kind of went um, 
I wouldn't say a little egg wall, but John was making his own decisions with the squad. He brutally followed the orders that were given unto him. But definitely took advantage of the fact there were no left or right limits to those orders is the best way I can put it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, those people who like to make a point, they follow the letter of like a policy, like to the degree that it is written, no more, no less out of spite. And everybody knows like that's not what the intended, like what was intended for it. But just to prove a point, everybody's seen that happen at a workplace or in the military. John did something similar. No, yeah, and and mind you, this was during the uh, the skirmish of a uh, Nidorop. Mm-hmm. I think it was Nidorop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and just uh just just to remind everybody, um, Neto, he he deliberately he said he um he transmitted over an open like communication frequency, which they weren't supposed to do. And what he was trying to do was alert the Covenant to where uh, the Spartans were. Well, that was a while ago. That was the first stop. Oh, that was the first. Yeah, okay, that right, was right, right, right. remember the ship that kept blinking in and out, the one that they were like um, they were watching. Oh, that they were trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yes. Now, here's wrong a fun, battle. Yeah, here's a fun fact. Daisy was actually part of the assault team on that ship. Didn't did she make it or did she miss she, it? Well, no, that was a different ship. You're, so she was on the assault ship. The one that you're you're talking about is the first ship we went to. The first one where they were like, here's your Spartan armor. You have 10 minutes to get used to it. And then we're launching you into yes. space. She was a part of that one too. But she didn't make it onto the ship. She literally just hung out. Like she was floating in space kind of thinking, God damn it. <laughs> like, yeah, um, and until everything, you know, until she got rescued with the rest of the Spartans that didn't make it. The second ship that we're talking about is the Starry Night. She was a part of the assault on Starry Night. Remember Starry Night? John and his team went to the bridge. Mm-hmm. Her and her team went. I can't remember where Gold Team went off the top of my head, but I think they either went to the cargo hold or they went to the power somewhere else. But she was a part of that. So she was on the ship when that broadcast happened. And when that broadcast oh, happened. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I'm connecting it for you. I know you're there. You just got fucking yeah. 10 stories going through your head at once. I was there too today. <laughs> Trying to connect all these little dots. Um, let me pull up her exact quote to give you an idea. For those of you who listened to the uh, the Daisy storyline I did, to give you kind of a feel for Daisy, her quote when that happened was, if we get out of this, I'm going to find the dumbass who gave us away and rip his and then John cut her off. <laughs> <laughs> good lord yo and it wasn't Nyoto who did that it was one of his subordinates who was also working with the uh the rebels who gave the uh the open broadcast i uh, got gotcha. you yeah so that way he yeah. could feign ignorance to the whole thing Nyoto is the one where um afterwards he then was like you were saying you said that part um accusing them of being teenagers but we get more information because right. remember how we kind of implied everybody's kind of finding Silent Storm is so beautifully written. Each person is operating under their own beliefs and assumptions. We're going to get mm-hmm. into what the other people in the room were actually thinking in this episode while he was doing that. Ooh. And, and mind you, I think I mix up the was it. um Was it Operation Ice Dance? Ice Dance is on? where. 
uh, is where the rebel or the insurrectionists were going to the same place Istril was happening. Ah, because okay. Istril gotcha. was going to be a the way I think it was called a drill. It was literally a routine exercise. But the insurrectionists showed up, and then the covenant showed up, and it turned into like a whole fucking fiasco. <laughs> That shit show. Yeah, that's when, that's when John showed up at the same place. <laughs> like nobody else was supposed to be there. Oh man, what a time! No, so now we're going what to be time. moving into. So we're going to start picking up our story. We left everybody off, and I know I'm going to backtrack a little bit to kind of get everybody brought up into it. But we're picking up um, with John and the rest of the Spartans. Uh, there we go. So we just finished what was called the Battle of Sioba. The Battle of Sioba is part of it's one of the war efforts that happened within Operation Silent, Silent Storm. So Battle of Sioba is where that prowler crashed and everybody had to go and like Linda just had a nuke on her. So she was like, I'm going to blow the everything up <laughs> around us. Just, <laughs> just fuck it. Thanks to I, I think the coal protocol hasn't been named yet. I don't think it's been named the Cole Protocol yet, but the Cole Protocol is still, it has been created under Oni to where you have to destroy all assets um, so that way aliens don't discover Earth. Um, so that was happening. They all made it out. Yeah, no, they haven't They haven't named it at this time yet. Mm-hmm. And thank you. It was the, it was the, battle, the battle of uh, Sioba. Yes. That's the one. Yes. I'm so, y'all, there's so many battles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, it is so hard to keep track of. I don't, I don't blame you. And that's why you and I bounce... <laughs> so much back and forth fucking for real um we'll get into the next one but because there's another battle that happens actually there's two more that happened that we're going to cover today great google and moogly yeah so we got battles there's a lot of personal drama that happen happens as well as personnel drama that happens uh we're gonna be going into it so without further ado i'm gonna kick this bad boy off Take us away, dog. Take All us right. away. Angry sips. <laughs> Judging. Um, so. So I believe we're oh, I got it. I'm just I'm just taking a quick breather. I got you. We're picking up on the vanishing point, aren't we? No, we are picking up on if you're looking at the timeline, 20 March 2526. Ah, uh, 2526. Okay. Oh, we're we're oh, we're in it. Yeah, man, we we don't have a lot left. Um, we only have like ten chapters left, but a lot happens in those ten chapters. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm good. I'll cut all that. So we're gonna start our story on 20 March 2526, and what's happening is right now all the uh, all the casualties from the Battle of Sioba they're being commemorated to space meaning they're for those of you who don't know because i know we said we've said it a couple times to be commemorated to space is kind of a a modern take in the way that real world sailors used to do things when a sailor would die at sea this is long ago they don't do this anymore so don't worry if you're about to join the navy or some shit this is no longer a standard practice but it used to be you were commemorated by the sea which means you were you were laid to rest you were you were returned to the sea so they would usually wrap you up whatever they had do a brief ceremony for you and then just throw you off the boat now whether that is a romanticization of what would actually happen or what actually happened i do not know i'm not a historian that's just the way that i know it and it was taught to me so that kind of 
romanticization or the way it was done, like I said, I don't know, has has also taken place in the Halo universe, except to the sea is instead sent to space. So basically you were kind of put in a, you're wrapped up, a ceremony is given to you, and then they open the airlocks, and then your body is sent to space. Which, I mean, honestly, space, good place to bury people. A lot of room. A lot of space. Ken dog, are you are you there? I'm like, I am, no, I'm I dying. am dying. Here. I'm oh, I, I thought you were, you were leading God. up. I'm, I'm so I'm sorry. All that in. I want everybody to know. I want everybody My to know bad. that that joke was just that bad to where you didn't even give me a courtesy. I'm sorry. I just, I'm so sorry. No, no. I, I, Hey, I was. I, I was. can't. I can't. I can't. I can't hit home runs every time. You know what I mean. Uh, but it's, anyway, yeah. It's so. Even Babe Ruth had a bad game. So, <laughs> not man. I got. I got lost in the sauce because you were just like, I uh-huh, forgot. Uh huh. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> well, no, because you were talking about like you know they're laying everybody to rest and stuff, and you know fucking Johnson has to call the form like the two formations uh, for Honor Company, so that way they can you know. Do the send off and um, the the thing that <laughs> this is what I was focused on, and because they said when he did everything, and wow, because um, Nieto's the new head of the of the of the task force. Yes, um, they said that he did it with appropriate pump. Pump. <laughs> pump. I'm sorry. You said your joke, That's and I was like, weird. pump. That's such a weird. <laughs> so I used to do funerals for the army. Right, I did it for eight years, and. I never once was ever told to do something with more or less pump. <laughs> I don't know what that word means in this context. Oh my god, yeah, dude, that's a, that's a new word for the for the vocabulary. Putting the fun in funeral. So that's actually I'm glad you brought that up though, because Lieutenant Neato, being the new leader of Task Force Yama. He is also the one who sent them all to space. And don't forget, Lieutenant Neato is also the one, remember, he purposely delayed the support, the air support that was going to the Spartans in the last episode. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, he may mm-hmm. have overplayed his hand a little bit. Ooh. Mm-hmm. See, that's why um, I, I we, we talked about him last episode, but the guy who wrote this is honestly a very over-talented writer. He is so good. He treats each person as a person with their own motives and their own way of figuring things out. Um, and and I'll, I'll click on the thing again and pull them up at the end of this episode. But um, so this all happens, right? The ceremony happens and Colonel Crowther approaches Commander Nieto. Colonel Crowther and, and uh, Commander Nieto then get into a verbal argument in front of everybody and remember we oh. talked about it a little bit last time they basically were accusing each other of helping the insurrectionists i just want to clarify uh for the listeners at, this is right after the funeral and there's only six spartans in there it is uh, niato and crowder and mind mm-hmm. you niato was actually talking to john at this time letting him know hey man even though everybody knows how old you really are, I'm going to make sure you still see 
quote unquote combat. Mm-hmm. Um so they were both accusing to charge the other one. Basically, they were threatening to send the other one into into the brig and like put them into court martial. You know, words that media likes to use that they don't understand. They were threatening the other one with it. After this verbal altercation, Yato kind of storms off, but Crowther then goes and pulls Sergeant Johnson aside. And he goes up to Sergeant Johnson. He's like, yo, I don't know if it was because he's a spy or because he's an asshole. Because remember, Nato is also the one who picked the fight of the Spartans last episode about their age. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Nato, the only thing he knows for sure is that his delay in supporting the Spartans with air support was malicious. He just is unsure at this moment as to why. But he tells Johnson not to trust fucking Nato. He's like, yo, he's got it out for you and your crew. Because Johnson has kind of at this point become the uh, the uh, he he's replaced. Oh, what was their trainer's name? Mendez. Um, uh, Mendez. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. kind of replaced Mendez as like the the father figure to the Spartans, right? So he's like, don't don't trust him. Like he he's got it out for your kids. I I, I just don't know the reason as to why. Because at this point, it could very much be because of the altercation that he had before. And of course, everybody always likes to see the upside. So maybe it's just that. But worst case scenario, he's a fucking dick who is not truly on our side. We can't trust him. No, and um, and, and mind you, yeah, and technically, um, Nyata was actually um Crowder's commanding officer. Mm-hmm. Actually, because of um, because of Captain Ascot's death in the last episode, mm-hmm. so technically, Crowder does report to him. Mm-hmm. And that's it's a weird thing going on right now. It's super weird. There's a lot of everything's a little tense. It no, yeah, man. It's uh, it's it's interesting. And, and like you said, it, it, you know, because after the argument's done, Crowder's talking with Johnson. He's like, "Yo, this uh, this was this wasn't a pissing match." Um, I think what the other thing too, Crowder was surprised that Johnson agreed with him. Um, yeah, yeah, he was. And he was he was actually surprised. Yeah, I, and I mean, I can get that. I mean, it's not like those two have a like a bond, <laughs> you know. No, clearly, but like with all the the games of like mm-hmm. the the Game of Thrones that we're playing, you don't really know who you could trust. But mind you, I, I think Crowder came in the clutch because that's when he was like, "Listen, I'm trying to figure shit out, but in the meantime, I'm gonna send you guys on a mission to sabotage um the supplies for the Covenant." At Edelon. Right. And, and Crowther had a lot of reasons to do this. And Johnson had a lot of reasons to accept. Because remember, Johnson was one of the ones with John who was arguing with Nioto about his bullshit plan that was basically going to get them all killed. So remember, Johnson hasn't trusted him since then. So to kind of give the Spartans away from Nioto until he can figure things out, he says that we're going to send you to Edelon on a different mission to get you the fuck away from this guy. Because I just don't, I don't trust him. He's got it out for you. I got to put you on a mission somewhere else far away while I do shit in the background to figure this shit out. And the mission to Edelon 
is to do something that the Spartans are getting really accustomed to. And it's something that is kind of like becoming, I'm not going to say it's like their calling card, but the Spartans are starting to become known for this and they're going to go and attack a supply chain. But the way they're going to go about this, this attack is the same way they've dealt with every other fucking issue to this point. And they're just going to fucking hijack a ch- hijack some shit. <laughs> they're going to fly through space and hijack it. Bro, I'm telling you. First space drive-bys, car, this is the next Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. So that was basically the entire summary of um, Chapter 16 of Silent Storm. I I will say the the one thing I kind of liked about the the ending of toward that chapter is when Johnson has to pull up in the in the maintenance hangar where all the Spartans are, <laughs> and mind you, the man it still has a concussion from the, mm-hmm. from the quarry, still rocking a concussion, and it's funny because the Spartans are trying to check up on them, and he's like, "Yo, are is like enough already?" He's like, "Are y'all gonna like fucking just sit around here waiting for action?" <laughs> And um, it's funny how like you how like the game of secrecy we don't know who to trust. Yeah, and he lets them know like, hey, Crowder's actually sending us on a mission, and they're like, big man, how do you know he's not just trying to kill us off? <laughs> and the only and mind you, the best part, Johnson and, and and John agree on this. They're like, well, there's really only one way to find out. We gotta go. Yeah. So they're like, <laughs> they're like, fuck it, we might die, but we're gonna know one way or another. Man, to be a Spartan, <laughs> what a fucking yeah. life! It, it, it's so weird once because we, we're gonna start doing more of these solo, like what we did with Daisy. Maybe not in that style, but as we get into like these individual Spartans, there's a lot of like tension within their own ranks. Because mm-hmm. Daisy is a part of Gold Team, but Gold Team is one of the most utilized teams. Uh, blue, green, and gold are like the three that always get used. And Daisy is a part of gold team. And she's actually considered the expert infiltrator of that team. So she's there with these guys. Bearing in mind, she like had a gun pointed to their head (laughs) like a year ago. (laughs) Like, so you, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of individualism that is, that is taking place within these ranks. And then, the bullshit spy shit that's happening inside. So the entire story at this point is getting very, this is the storyline that should have been, should have been turned to a TV show. Yeah. The, the, well, we're not going to, we're not going down that rabbit hole. No, no. I'll <laughs> spend not. an hour doing that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This is why I couldn't do a podcast. So <laughs> right, nothing so. we get done. So we'll go on to at, uh, chapter 18 and we're calling out the chapters now. Um, just for you listeners at home, I cannot recommend enough that you read this book. And and we are doing very general talking points that happen throughout it. It is so well written and so well done. Please go out. If you um they have audiobooks out for it, and they also have the hardbacks and paperbacks that you can buy for this book. Go read it yourself. But we're giving it by chapter now. So that way we can kind of figure out <laughs> where we are and keep track ourselves. No, big time, big time. But to set up the battle of Edelan. So what John, so the same day, mind you, they're having the conversation, the funeral and all of that. Johnson, Dr. Halsey and the Spartans, 
They all leave on the uh, UNSC ship, the Vanishing Point. Mm -hmm. They're being escorted by two prowlers, by the way. And while they're en route to the planet, because mind you, the Covenant have already showed up. Um, The Covenant have already showed up on Enelon. And the if and keep me honest, the Black Daggers they've already been sent out over, but their their mission is actually to board the the actual Covenant ships. The Spartans and Johnson are going to be doing something different. So they're trying to figure out um, what are going to be the main targets for them on this mission. And they, you know, they always think of something smart because, you know, instead of fighting the full force of the Covenant army, they try to figure out ways to like. um, What's the to sabotage them, right? Mm-hmm. So while they were en route, they so they 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 took an idea and they were like, listen, we're gonna hit all their vessels that carry munitions, bullets, weapons, you name it. They're gonna first hit their munitions ship. The second one they're gonna hit is their food supply ships. And essentially the plan for the Spartans and Johnson is they're gonna go in and take out these two ships, and that will cripple the offensive that they're having in this part of um of Edelon. Right. So oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no. Um but before they get to Edelon, we gotta go over something that happens at Baiko. Ah, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Go because for that's it. the plan. The plan <laughs> is to send them to Edelon to attack the supply chain. But on the way there, they stop at a little place called Baiko. Now Baiko, yeah, Baiko is directly in between the Battle of Sioba and the next one, uh, the Battle in Over Edelon. So Baiko comes next. So on March 20th is when all this stuff happens. The one they jumped ahead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Edelon, <laughs> you're not wrong, though. You didn't say anything wrong. All that does happen, and it, it's it, it's the goal. That is the goal that they're going to. But that doesn't happen until the 26th. That's six days later. No, so I I skip I skip the twentieth and I start on the twenty second. Mm. <laughs> That's why, because twenty six is when everything kicks off. Yeah, well, we'll get to the twenty second too, because uh, Halsey makes an appearance on the twenty second. <laughs> mm. But go ahead, talk talk about Baiko. So you remember last episode how we were talking a little bit about how uh, the insurrectionists plan to survive. Oh yeah, they were gonna um they were gonna do the whole Mars attacks and make peace mm-hmm. with the uh the the visitors. Correct. Uh, Mundo Moondoggy. Well, General Harper Gavin, you remember that guy? I'm s- I'm Garvin. sorry. Did did you call me Moondoggy? <laughs> no. So Harper Garvin. <laughs> so remember the uh the important general of the insurrectionist John was in charge of taking care of? Yeah, didn't my man get um, escorted? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he met with some escorts, but he actually gave the uh, the Covenant a little bit of a heads up before his capture. Oh no! Mm-hmm. So immediately on March twentieth, twenty five, twenty six. This is where all this is going to take place. Um, the Covenant sent a mission, uh, a message to the human colonists on the surface of of the planet. And all the message said was, your planet will burn until its surface is but glass. I mean... Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) 
I just want to say I'm a human and I've seen the warnings we get from hurricanes in Florida, so I'm not worried at all. What, Hurricane not Linda? Worried. Is it going to terrify you at all? <laughs> yeah, Hur- Hurricane Linda, <laughs> Kelly, Frederick, John, Hurricane Harper. <laughs> by the way, I totally did that on accident by using a Spartan name, and thank you so much for just carrying it on. <laughs> I tripped at the starting line, and you're like, my torch now, homie. You stay down. <laughs> I was like, oh, blue team, I got this. You dead ass thought I did that shit on purpose. <laughs> I was. Like, <laughs> I thought it was the least threatening name I could. I don't know, man. I'm like, oh, I'm picking always putting down. I'm gonna keep it going. I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um. Uh, but Harper, his name is General Harper Garvin. To give his full name, so Harper Garvin, he gave the Covenant a um, kind of a heads up about what UNSC tactics are against Covenant ships at this point prior to his arrest. So basically Harvard Garvin, I can't remember if he was a part of the original boarding action with John and the crew, or if it was just something that was told to him, I'd have to go back and reread it. Basically he says that the number one tactic outside of Preston Cole, (laughs) the number one tactic that the UNSC has against Covenant fleets and ships is to, Basically send a whole bunch of children in metal suits flying at them really fast to breach their ships and destroy them from the inside. That's the plan. <laughs> that is that is the only thing the UNSC can do. So taking heed of this warning, the Covenant, and we haven't talked much about kind of the uh, the antagonist of this uh, of this book. There is an antagonist and he is called the First Blade. We haven't really gone into him. Because he's he's the antagonist, yeah, sure, but he's kind of a background antagonist. He doesn't really do very many things on the forefront. He's like uh, Gaul in Destiny 2. Yes. <laughs> the best way that you can put it. You crushed it. <laughs> like, absolutely crushed it. Um, so, knowing this, the Covenant actually changes up their battle their, or their battle plans a little bit. So I'll get into it. Let me kind of set the stage, right? So right now, blue team, which is who John, Linda, Kelly, and Fred. Yes, sir. All right, man. I'm, I, I did that off the top of my head. I'm I'm starting to learn these things. <laughs> yeah, they were um they were watching the battle from the the vanishing point. Mm-hmm. So the ship, the vanishing point, the one that they're on, is kind of overlooking the Battle of Baiko. One of the things that they're starting to realize is the Covenant ships aren't moving the way they're used to. And what I mean by that is they're using frigates as a sort of, you know how they all have their own shields. Each ship has its own kind of like shield around them, Covenant-wise. They're essentially using them like kind of like a a battering ram. Isn't like... Not a battering ram per se, more like a physical shield. Like they're using frigates in a kind of crisscross pattern around their other shield to kind of form a more physical shield rather than an electrical shield, if that makes sense. Oh, so kind of like the Spartan shield wall. Yeah, yeah, exactly the exact same thing, but they're doing it in space with ships. 
little history for you kids. Um, <laughs> yo. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, now they know. They're like, listen, they're going to be shooting children at us. We're gonna mm. we're gonna try to block out every possible exactly, angle. Exactly, because then we'll lose a frigate rather than a actual attack capital ship. Because mm. I don't, I, I'm not too well versed in Covenant ships. I, I assume they are all like us and have a difference in destroyers and capital ships. But I don't want to put my money on that, so I'm gonna say an attack capital ship. <laughs> I feel like you could say um, uh, like a flotilla, kind of. Well, because like flotilla people- is a group of ships. Is it? I thought it was a giant ship where people lived on it. No, flotilla. Well, this this is one of those side quests. What is uh, a flotilla? What is a flotilla? One of us is right. Flotilla noun: a fleet of ships. Ships. Uh, <laughs> it is a fleet of ships. I was wrong. I was wrong. You were thinking of uh, of old Space Girl from Mass Effect, weren't you? No, you know I was actually thinking, uh, and you're gonna love it. I was thinking of Power Rangers Galaxy, Lost Galaxy. No shit. Hmm. I'm I'm more proud of that one actually. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, wait, yeah, but well, is that what they call like the whole fucking floating colony before it got lost in space? Well, I think they called it a flotilla because it was a bunch of ships that were bridged together, but they were still individual <laughs> ships, right? Well, I might be or that I might be mixing Lost Galaxy and a little bit of Battlestar Galactica. Oh man, I'm gonna go ahead and say it, even though I'm a giant nerd. I never watched a single episode of Battlestar Galactica. Listen, Linda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a long time it, coming. I knew. <laughs> I knew I was going to oh, disappoint no, I'm, you. I'm not going to beat you up about it because I got I got to the end and then I was so tired out of trying to watch all of it that I went on like a, I think a year or two year hiatus before going back to finishing it. <laughs> so Bears you're good. beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great show. I highly recommend. Do not try to one and done it like I did. I will finish <laughs> Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And I'm going to note this now, um, but we have to talk about it at the end or else we'll never get there. So at the end of this episode, remind me to talk to you about the show I got you started watching while you were up here. I got to talk oh, to you about yeah. that. But we're not going to talk about it now. <laughs> no, not right now. Not but right yeah, now. Um, yeah, before we get completely like sidebar, but yeah. The Spartans picked up that the Covenant changed their uh, their tactics once they learned that, hey, they're shooting kids at us. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so, believe it or not, the Spartans' um, blue team, because it's blue team up there with, it was NATO, it was, uh, it was Crowther. And so, Crowther mm-hmm. and, and blue team are kind of watching the Battle of Baiko. They're not interfering at all. This is more of them kind of wanting to see the movement and how a and how they're reacting to an actual battle. Because this is information that's still new. Don't forget, this fight with the aliens is fucking new. All information is new information at this point. So, they're watching to see how it goes. And they're noticing that the Covenant Flotilla is acting different than any other ships that they had seen. Now, there are one or two courses for this. Either every other battle that they've seen and been a part of has been different than their standard operating procedure, or this one is different than every other stand, uh, is different than the other standard that they've seen. So based on that two outcomes, logistically, they determine this one is different. And the only thing that is different is that they know Garvin had been planning to you know, feed them information and was a traitor. So they determined that Garvin must have leaked information 
to the covenant about UNSC battle plans. And little does he know that they don't give two flying F's about him. <laughs> yeah. Cause that immediately leads to Sergeant Johnson arrives with Crowther to their mission at Edelon. But blue team is super skeptical and we can go into the actual battle of Baiko if the fans want it there. It, it is a nifty little battle, but it's not worry really worth going into. Uh, but they all head then to Edelon where Sergeant Johnson and Crowther arrive and blue team is super skeptical, but Johnson explains that Crowther has a suspicion that Nayoto is kind of a bitch. <laughs> To put it lightly, <laughs> uh, which John uh, was actually super accepting. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> dude sucks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad everybody else sees it. It's not just me. Um, but yeah, they, they proceed to the mission. That brings us on to somewhere between the 20th and the 22nd. Um, Sergeant Johnson and... To John, because remember, John is kind of like the de facto leader of the Spartans. They determined kind mm-hmm. of a battle strategy on how they're going to do the battle at Edelon. And they determined that first they're going to take out their firepower, because obviously that makes sense. And then secondly, they're going to go after the supply chain, including their food. So they kind of combine those two things together. So their focus is to t- take out anything that looks like it could be carrying weapons and then take out anything that looks like it could be carrying any kind of sustenance or logistical support. So they could, right. so they kind of break it up into those two things. They break up um, logistical frigates to them. They're either going to be munitions or logistics. That's it. Those are, So from now on, when we break up those two terms, those are the things that that are included into it. Uh, munitions being anything from bombs to ammunition to shield power, anything of that sort, will all go into the munitions. Food. Uh, remember, the grunts all feed all uh, feed off methane, so food also also includes methane. Uh, first aid, all that kind of shit falls into logistics. So, from the rest of this episode, when we talk about that, that's what we're talking about. No, and no, that's that's actually perfect. Um, question: Do you do we want to go into the nitty gritty of everything they were doing in in um in this battle, like what their game plan was, or do we just want to jump into the mission? Do you have it ready to go? Because I'm down. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm down. Because you, I, I'll, the way we kind of separated this episode, everybody. Remember, this is a new podcast. We're new. <laughs> We're freaking this out. Um, I'm kind of hitting the overall points, and Ken Dog is hitting the nitty gritties in this episode. So, Ken Dog, if you got some nitty gritties, I'm not going to turn you down, dog. I love it, nitty and or gritty. Okay, all right. So here we go. So the the plan was going to work like this. So they were going to deploy from the vanishing point with a squad of twenty S14 base lard fighters. So those are the um like uh, I don't think that it's they, it was not the ship from Reach, but think of them as kind of like um an assault fighter, a space assault fighter. If you ever played the the Call of Duty one in space with uh John Snow, that's the closest way to what to are they called? Fighter, I'll, right? I'll pull it up. Uh they're S fourteen uh, base lard um base lard fighters. They they pretty much look, look like space stealth planes. 
Oh yeah. Okay, guys. It's a mm-hmm. it's a longer B two bomber in space. Okay. Perfect. So the the game plan was um four of those out of the uh, the twenty were going to be carrying um eight Spartans from green and gold team, and they were going to actually punch through um the the fleet. Uh, the Covenant fleet, they were going to punch through a bunch of Banshees and Seraphs <laughs> to reach the equipment frigates. So, um, and once they would get close enough, they would actually eject from the stealth planes and board them and destroy the insides with um, a Havoc tactical nuclear weapon. Which, by and- God, do we love using those by this point. <laughs> <laughs> So real quick, mind you, you got 20 different stealth planes coming in and you have to get them through a massive of, of and mind y'all, when we talk about a screen, uh, we're talking about the Covenant had multiple, multiples of their smaller ships flying around, kind of creating a bit of a wall or a barrier that, you know, if you know the formation, you know how to get in and get out. So what they did was they actually concealed the stealth fighters with um a with pods of chain link debris. And the plan was they were going to sneak in and hopefully actually bust or uh, or damage a bunch of banshees on the way in. Remember those banshees, they're super important. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, let me see. We I'm looking at my notes so they had the uh, they would come in through the chain link debris. Oh, and also we we probably didn't touch on this when we talked about them um jumping on the radiant arrow. Um <laughs> while they're passing through, uh Johnson and Blue Team, they're actually going to um launch from the vanishing point while the other Spartans are aboard the stealth planes. They're gonna launch from the vanishing point in uh five banshees that they stole. <laughs> While when they were assaulting the Radiant Arrow. Yeah. And then from there, they would actually fly them um, directly into the hangars. So that's the plan. And with the, mm-hmm. That's the plan. They're going to fly the... They're going to sneak in the rest of the teams to get on the other ships. But Blue Team with Johnson, they're flying Banshees. And as soon as they hit the hangars, they're jumping off and, and arming the, the nuke. Yep. So we're going to get into that. <laughs> so I'm going to take it from you now. <laughs> Oh, one last little thing I do want to put in there that um, the the havoc the the nuclear bombs they were already planted on in the cockpits mm-hmm. in the cop yeah so all right all you go ahead take it away so <laughs> that all so all this takes place between March twenty second mm-hmm. and March twenty thirty first thirty oh excuse me about my bad I say twenty six because on March twenty second. Johnson, um, John, they were watching mm-hmm. the Covenant for four days to figure out what they were going to do. Exactly. So that's why, like, this next part is spaced the way it is. But uh, one of the things that John and Sergeant Johnson, because they come up with this great idea, right? They come up with this fucking beautiful plan. And they're like, yeah, that's exactly how we're going to do it. And then they're they're watching everything for these four days. And they're like... Okay, so this is a great plan, but how do we discern who the fuck <laughs> is a logistical ship and who is a munitions ship? Like, they were kind of, like, just alone. Like, fuck. 
<laughs> How are we talking apart? They all look the same. They all look the exact. They're all purple. <laughs> There's no discernment. Bro, that's shit. the worst. <laughs> Fucking Barney in space, yo. <laughs> Dog, pretty much. While this is happening during those four days, just to add context, an insurrectionist bomb goes off in a city by the name of Troisi at one of their space uh, at one of their spaceports, and that kills 26 people and injures another 64. And we get that from Halo 4 forward under Dawn. But uh, that's just to kind of give you, even though there is a a genocide going on against the entirety of the human race, the humans are still killing humans at this point. The insurrectionist movement is still very much alive and well. So while we're fighting aliens, people still being dicks. Yeah, that's not the most real world thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's I, it's funny. I think about there's a whole war going on, but life hasn't stopped. Yep. And there's a whole invasion going on here, but they're like, nah, man, we still want that smoke with the Earth government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, logistically, this is the perfect time to like start making moves because all the forces are going to be used to fight the aliens, right? Hey, divide and conquer, man. You can't fight. It, 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 I hate it, but it makes sense at the same time. This is the perfect time to strike. But I just wanted to bring uh, that up for kind of like the world context. Because Halo never forgets the rest of the universe when it focuses on these stories. Well, you know it didn't fun? used to. <laughs> back when Bungie was in charge. <laughs> when Bungie was doing the thing. I was going to say, it's funny, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Germany in World War Two. Like, let's yep. be real, that's really the main reason why they lost, because they had to fight on so many different so fronts. So many different levels, yeah. And, and they were mm-hmm. so focused. Not only did they have to fight on those two fronts, but a lot of their war effort was also being utilized to create uh, munitions that could be sent from Germany to England at the time, which is where the first rockets were used. And it was actually proven that I think for every rocket they used, I think it was only like three casualties. And each rocket at the time was like a million euro. Oh, that is an expensive mm-hmm. bullet. Now, a story, your girl will, will fact check me on that. She'll know more than I do. But I, I'm doing I'm saying this more to relay the cost analysis of it. Um, the ratio is going to be different. Oh, yeah, but still, I mean, but just, just to ooh. give you an idea, you know what I mean? So not only were they fighting those two fronts, but they were also picking a fight <laughs> across the ocean. Oh, and don't forget bailing out Italy. We didn't forget about mm. y'all. <laughs> Which y'all were never actually bailed out Italy. Y'all were never actually no. bailed out. <laughs> like, y'all had a lot of shit to clean up <laughs> that we just kind of left you with. Oh, Italy. We'll get to that. You mean history another time. Another um, time, yeah. Another That's time. It. <laughs> <laughs> but another thing that occurs while this is happening, Baiko is officially lost. It is completely glassed by the uh, by the covenant. No! Yeah, that's why I was like, it doesn't matter if we go into Baiko. It all goes, it, it, it's gone. <laughs> Before oh, I just wanted to give you the dramatic Darth Vader, that's all. No! Um... <laughs> I think I have a... Oh, I don't have any more. I had a robot voice. <laughs> I don't have it uh, preset anymore. But... <laughs> My man had a modulator. <laughs> yeah, Baiko is completely lost. 
But on the 26th is officially where everything kicks off and our actual teams that are going to be kicked off first is not blue team. It is actually going to be green and gold team. They're going to kick off the uh, the war effort for the next thing we're going over, which is the Battle of Edelon right after this break on you, me, and Lore. Dun, dun. Welcome back. I don't know what that noise was. Uh, that was my keyboard. Oh, <laughs> the tap tap. Oh no, I was talking about that weird ass like eh. <laughs> <laughs> anime girl fucking tone. I <laughs> Anywho, uh, we just left off the kick. We're kicking off um, the battle. Uh, the battle over Edelon because those are two very important distinctions the Halo universe makes at this point. Battles of take place on land. Battle overs take place in space. Which is some random information I should have given everybody at the beginning of the Halo timeline, but we're here now. <laughs> there you go. That's all we got for you. Mm-hmm. That's all we got for We're you. learning as we go. Season two is better. Go listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so excited about season two. But anyway, so we're going to kick off not with blue team. Blue team is going to be kind of in the back at the very start of the battle. We're actually going to kick off with green and gold team. And I actually am going to pull up right now green team. Oh, we got Jonathan 01 on green team, baby. Do we really? Yeah, Jonathan 001. Um, he was on green team. He was... Um, he was one of the one of the one of the six Spartans that were buried in the in the mountain. Oh no shit! Uh huh. Yeah, because uh, he was one of yeah John zero zero one with green team. They were sent to um, the subsurface. Gotcha. We also got Cor- uh, Kurt fifty one, which Ooh, we remember my, Kurt. My Kurt's our boy. Your boy Solomon sixty nine. Nobody's boy Malcolm fifty nine, and no- he's in the middle. <laughs> yeah, he's just there. <laughs> and then Anton 44 is a green team. And each of those, there are some good storylines within them. Like Kurt is, is, um, a polarizing figure. <laughs> I guess you can say, uh, within Ooh. the Halo universe. And then gold team is, man, it's all my favorites. It's Joshua 29, Daisy 23, Naomi 10 and grace 93. Really? Mm. I know those are your favorite. Did not know. Daisy. Grace, I think, is another one with a beautiful storyline, but I have to remember because I don't remember if it was Grace or Alice. And I always get Grace, Alice, and Daisy mixed up. I can see that. I mean, let's be real. We never really see them unless they're like written in. Um... Like they're little spinoffs, you know? Mm hmm. I'll have to come back into it another time, another time. But those are who was on the gold team. So gold and green teams kind of, uh, they lead the strike against Covenant ships. And they're doing that in their little base lard bullshit. They're extended B-52s. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing that, of course, as the plan to destroy the Covenant uh, munitions carriers. Meanwhile, blue team, Sergeant Johnson, and then Dr. Halsey is just there, which is 
probably the weakest writing <laughs> that this author does, but Dr. Halsey is there too. And Dr. Halsey discusses with them the strategy, but then Halsey just decides that at this point in time, when an operation is kicking off immediately, that she's just going to say that she has figured something out that she feels that John and Johnson should know, but she didn't trust anybody knowing over any kind of comms or with anybody else around. And she informs them that she knows for a fact, scientifically, that Lieutenant Commander Nioto is indeed a spy. Because remember, we talked about that last episode. I was like, I don't know why Dr. Halsey hasn't said anything. It's kind of fucked. This is why. She didn't know who to trust. She didn't know who in what area was a spy or anything else. So she waited until it was just the three of them. And that's when she informs them that, like, all the suspicions are true. Naoto's a fuck. And he can get fucked. <laughs> he can get fucked. He can catch these hands. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, John and Johnson are kind of, like, cool. <laughs> like, kind of already figured that out. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but now they at least have the knowledge. And uh, they proceed to kick off the, the action with Blue Team. Blue team, remember those captured ben, uh, banshees Ken Dog was telling us about. They get close to Covenant Munitions Carriers. And on board are John, Kelly, and Fred. Each one of them going uh, for a different one. So blue team is being split. Each one is going to a different frigate. Linda, as well as Sergeant Johnson, kind of do their own thing and let me explain. So Linda and Sergeant Johnson deliberately disobey John to have Johnson cover him while Linda covers Fred and Kelly. John is attacked by Banshees, but Johnson's cover fire protects him. John drops his Havoc nuke in the munitions carrier's paths and then thrusts out of the way. So what that means is shit got fucking swirly. (laughs) And John was like, no, protect everybody else. I'll figure it the fuck out. To which uh, Linda and Sergeant Johnson were like, the fuck you are, (laughs) and save his ass. We're not ODSTs, we got your back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The ODSTs, man, Halo ODST deadass had us thinking that the ODSTs were fucking baller. And then, like, once you dive into the lore, (laughs) they are not. It's, I will say, anybody who knows anything about, like, 40k, they... They remind me of the Thunder Warriors and the TLDR on that is before the actual like Marines, like the Marines that make up 40k, there were these Thunder Warriors. And the minute the God Emperor got them to do what he needed them to do, he had them all completely executed. Yep. <laughs> so the the ODSTs, y'all, they're like they're they're worse than the grunts. They literally get thrown at the worst things at the least amount of um equipment yeah and (laughs) they're i don't know how to describe them because they're not like marines how we know today and they're not like the army how we know today they're like their own breed they're rangers no they're no definitely not no 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 definitely not i've put uh, well i've known paratroopers no no, definitely not No, just I mean I'm I'm just emphasizing they literally just drop in and go guns blazing. Okay, you're That's talking you're it. talking about <laughs> tactics. I'm talking about persona. 
Oh, okay. Because their persona is very like you would you can you would consider it initially to be like marine like, but marines have a very tight knit community, and I mean they're uh, they're willing to lay down their lives for each other to a point that is like. Un, I can't understand being in the army, even though I would do the same. Theirs is like a different mentality of it. And that's how you would think they are. And that's how ODST would make you think they are. But then when you dive deeper into it, the ODSTs take kind of a darker route and like they will sacrifice each other for the greater good. It's super weird. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> so they're not like Marines. But I, I don't. I don't know how to describe them. They are a very weird breed. And I'll come up with a, a good simile or analogy for them at another time, I'm sure. But for now, it's it's very strange. That, I, okay. All right, that's, that's, that's something to, to, to think about and sleep on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely something for yeah. me to kind of ponder. To drop my white person word of the day. <laughs> ponder. Mm. But what else happened on this bomb run? <laughs> Well, the next thing, I'm going to split screen over to Dr. Halsey if you got something else that happens on this bomb run. Um, let me double check, make sure we ain't missing nothing crazy. While you're doing that, I'll give kind of a, a what's going on to Edelon. So Edelon's been fucked to this point. They've been dealing with uh with different bombardments, and of course their you know planet is on the verge of being destroyed. Edelon is kind of on their last fleet of ships. And this fleet of ships is mostly agricultural ships as well as medical vessels. Like that's kind of all that's left. So they're kind of organizing as many people as they can to these ships, but they do not want to leave because of the shit going on overhead until they actually have a proper convoy organized. And once they get that proper convoy organized, that's when they'll kind of evacuate with personnel and go and take off to space. find anything else oh um <laughs> just um it, i will say it was a bad time just for everybody to know while um john and their team did everything prior to them losing bilka i forgot to put out their odsts hello odsts died mm-hmm. some of them were captured and tortured mm-hmm. <laughs> they did promise to completely glass the planet which they did they glassed yep. it to high heaven Yep. Like you emphasize. I'll give that to the Covenant. When um, they say some shit, they mean it. <laughs> they, they, they get it done. They don't mix words. <laughs> and that's the other thing that I want people to really kind of think on in this episode is like the Covenant understand English and are able to replicate it already in this fight. Like all these messages that are being sent to us, they're not being sent in like Shanghili or or fucking in grunt speak, they are being sent in English. Like, hey, we're coming, and you're not you're not leaving. <laughs> you, you know, like, so it's very. I want people to really think like that's how advanced they are. That these messages are coming through in in English, mm. all based oh, on that uh, one ship from like five episodes ago. Oh, for real. Mm-hmm. Actually, there is um, one thing I do want to emphasize um, after everything that's going down, right? 
Um, and I'm gonna ask you before, because if it's part of your 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 storytelling, I'll leave it alone. Um, do we need to talk about about how they found the um the the planet uh, Zoist? Or you're, or you're oh no! I actually that. was not going to cover that at all. If you want to go into it, go for it. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't yeah, going to talk about uh, Zahoy. We don't know how to describe it for folks at home. I've never heard it pronounced, so it's spelled Z H O I S T. So you're going to hear us pronounce it Z Hoist and Zoist and Zahoist and a million different ways. It's all the same fucking thing. I'm going to say Zion. <laughs> um, no, but Zoist. Um, <laughs> so the aftermath of the battle. Most of uh, what the logistic fleets that the that the Spartans and John and and Johnson aimed for, they took out right because they took them out. It actually left them hella low on plasma, so they didn't want to. They didn't want to like kind of keep the the fleets vulnerable because they were running short. So one of the fleet masters called in a bunch of new um, logistical ships to come in. From the planet Zoist. So that way they could keep um, glassing um, Baiko, right? So what happened was when they pulled in the other the other logistics ships to make it look like, hey guys, we're big and bad. Nothing can stop us from glassing the planet. It actually gave them time to recover um, the wreckage of a Covenant Corvette called mm-hmm. the Worthy Silence. And that allowed Halsey to figure out, oh shit, your guys' whole operation is out of Zoist. Mm-hmm. So that's where they figured out where the main the main resupply for this Covenant um, force was, was because after everything that went down, after the Spartans went and did their side mission, um, Halsey recovered another ship and was able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Thank you for bringing that up. I was not going to bring that up at all, so I'm glad you did. I was going to say, next planet, Z-Hoist on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Z-Hoist. <laughs> um, but there is something that inter- uh, interesting that happens before we go there, because that is the next stop we're making. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But something interesting happens. Because you, well, you know I, I love my girl, Dr. Halsey. You, you, you know I love her. Um, now, bearing in mind, this is this is hot Dr. Halsey. We're not at old Dr. Halsey yet. This is where she's still in her prime, right? And I'm, I say that for a reason. I'm not just saying that to gloat. But the reason I say that is Dr. Halsey and Deja use a program um, called Kelgood. And we'll get into that another day. And they figure out where the supply depot is. Ken Dogger already nailed it. Um, while they're doing that, Colonel Crowther shows up, and Halsey then pretends to seduce Crowther. Oh, yeah, wow, yeah, wow, right? Wow. Fucking mm, hey, Keys can't be the only one to get some of this. Um, Ooh, so she lures him to her private quarters, right? So and you ain't talking to Washington, and dog. Ooh. She is she's laying it on like <laughs> like she's she's laying it on thick. She's laying it with on two, like somebody looking C's. for a new baby daddy. Like like laying Ooh, it on. Damn. Now when they get there though, um, they both start talking about Commander Nioto because Crowther knew what she was about from the get go. 
He played. He's like, I didn't come he, here to clap cheeks. Yeah, he knew. He knew that he was going there to clap cheeks. I would love to tell the story about how he showed up, and she was like, "All right, now that there's no bugs around us, let me tell you how much your boy's a fuck." And he's like, "Aw," <laughs> <laughs> but no. Unfortunately, Commander Crowther knew that this was all a ploy, and he goes along with it, and they start discussing Commander Neoto. So the the plan to overthrow him is kind of starting right now because now it's Halsey who you don't want to fuck with. I cannot stress that enough. Crowther, John Johnston, everybody knows. You better ask somebody that acts somebody, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And that is on March 31st. The next thing I want to bring up is on April 2nd, 2526. And that this is brought to us by Halo four forward unto Don. And that is that an insurrectionist plot on New Harmony on Mars was stopped. Another terrorist threat was found, discovered, uh, vetted, and then stopped on Mars. Just to kind of add context that once again, insurrectionists are moving. This one I brought up specifically because it's on Mars and that is super close to UEG. Mm. Oh, also, they were just trying to steal weapons, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But big boy weapons, not just like assault rifles, like, like big boy, big boy stuff. So the next thing we're going to go into is between the 7th and the 14th. This takes place over the course of a week. Um, they use the word clandestine. I don't see the need for that word, but basically there are planning sessions that take place between Colonel Crowther, Sergeant Johnson and John. And during that week, um, Crowther kind of starts to appreciate John, and that's why I want to bring this up, is this is basically a week where it's just Crowther, Johnson, and John discussing all the things that have happened and then the plans moving forward. And Crowther kind of, he appreciated John, like, at first, but now he's growing to enjoy and like John as a person. Because it's also revealed in this book that John has a very dry sense of humor. How dry? Um, British cooking dry. Ooh, <laughs> great British bake-off. Drier than, so my greatest sin is when, because I taught Ken Dog when he came and visited us. Um, I taught him how to smoke various meats, and my chicken you came did. out super dry. <laughs> drier than that chicken. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, that chicken was It dry. was so good. It was good. It was good, It was though. good, but it was, it was super dry. I just left it in too long. I should have pulled it. Oh, dude, I fried chicken last night. Same thing happened to me. It it sucks when it happens. Like, as a man, you take it as, like, a personal, like, (laughs) failure. (laughs) Because you're just on the edge of greatness. Right. Like, flavor. It's just, ah. It's like the flavor's always there, but it's just like, you could have been so much better. (laughs) Baby, come back. (laughs) Um, We are then going to move on to April 14th, and that's at uh, at the transfer node Badra. Oh, did you just swear at me in Espanol? Badra. The H is silent. It's spelled B-H-A-D-R-A. And Ken Dog, you were super excited about this moment. This is the moment where Crowther does a little something for the uh, the boy that we love, the John 117. Do you want to take it? Yeah, let me pull back my notes because I, I had it up a moment ago and they were like... Um, too many yeah, notes. But y'all, too many, yeah, for real, too many notes, but... Honestly, uh, there is a certain rank that is bestowed 
on our favorite kid by the name of John. So, and hold on, let me Crowder. Okay, so on this wonderful, wonderful planet. John on April 14th, 2526, receives a promotion. Now, like you like you talked about earlier, Crowder was not their biggest fans. Hell, he didn't even think they were gonna fight anymore. But eventually the Spartans did grow on him. John grew on him. And in preparation for a lot of things that were to come, as well as kind of set the tone for the John that we're all going to grow up and love, he promotes him to, oh, wait, a master, master chief petty officer. Yeah, so Crowder promotes John to the rank of master chief petty officer. And that is four full ranks from where John was a couple weeks ago. Oh, I didn't know it was that big a jump. Yeah, yo, that is four, four. Yo, to this day, they were like, this shit is so wild (laughs) that it it, it couldn't even set a precedent. It was just so, uh, it was so unrealistic that he would promote John four full ranks. So to give context to my military friends um, who aren't in the Halo universe, that's the equivalency of going from an (laughs) E5 sergeant to an E9 sergeant major. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yo, that pay that pay upgrade is nice. <laughs> That's the thing I've always wondered about the Halo universe is the pay structure. Not For not real. not necessarily like the dollar like but like the comparative amounts. Not to like the penny. I'm not expecting that. That'd be ridiculous. But like the the pay amounts between classes, I would love to know that. And for those of you at home, you can actually Google the pay structure for any military branch, they're all the same. All the ranks equate to what's called an E scale. You can pull it up. Everyone is between an E1 or an E9. And then uh, officers are on their own scale, on the O scale. You can pull up any rank and see how much they make a year. It's public so knowledge. So I, what, so I'm, um, I'm just, I'm pulling it up and I'm assuming we're, we're doing Navy. Mm-hmm. For the for the sake of the game, mm-hmm. so Glassdoor says that a master chief petty officer, the salary can range between fifty eight k to one hundred and thirty k per year. Ah, uh, don't don't trust that with that. Well, then if I go to the militaryranks.org website, <laughs> there you go. That's the one. That's the true shit. <laughs> there we go. So the the base pay for somebody over ten years. Um, over 10 years is $69,469.20. And it has to be over 10 years because they don't allow. This is unprecedented. <laughs> so in normal military, because I assume you're looking at it and it's the normal kind of graph style kind of thing they have going on. Yeah. The reason uh-huh. why is there is an X amount of years that you have to be in before you're allowed to go to a certain rank. And that's across all branches. So the reason why those are grayed out and 10 years is the earliest because 10 years is the earliest where that would be available to us currently. Um, but yeah, that's still a fucking chunk of change. 
Yeah, no, I mean, mind you, like the the range, right? The lows is twenty seven thousand mm-hmm. two hundred and thirty five. So clearly, John was making twenty seven thousand. Yo, that's not bad for a fifteen year old. No, no, it is not. No, it it's is not, not bad at all. By the way, uh, stop taxing our military force. It's fucked up. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Anywho. <laughs> Moving on oh, before I go down that tirade. But we are going to pick up right after he gets promoted. Oh, man, I, that's all I got. My man got promoted. Oh. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, no, no grand gesture. I don't have the I don't have the, the, the nitty gritty specifics for that. Bad now, boy. Crowther is I'm not going to say he's as smart as Halsey, but he's a smart cookie. Right. So Crowther uses this uh, this time. Away from Nyoto. And he also, all of these uh, people are being called Sierra Force. All the Spartans are being called Sierras. And that's where the Sierra comes in for those Halo junkies. That's where this comes from, is the Sierra Force. Yes, this is where this is officially coined. I'm not, this is where it starts to become their normal, is calling them Sierra Force. So for Sierra 117 being John. It is from the Sierra Force that is coined here. And it is Sierra Force is then given new orders. And they're given by Colonel Crowther. And the reason he's doing it immediately following John's promotions uh, is to avoid Colonel Nioto. Or Commander Nioto. I'm sorry, he's not a colonel. And he does it then and there because he knows Nioto doesn't give a fuck. He's not going to look into anything that happens at a promotion ceremony. This is the perfect time to give them differing plans than what was given to Nioto. The Black Daggers, who are from here on out going to be called Dagger Force, uh, then departs for Z-Hoist, and the Master Chiefs gives Crowther the new orders to Lieutenant Esme Guante, commander of the Black Widow, which is one of the ships that is going to be partaking in this operation. This And... Um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say this all happens on April 14th. That is it. So whatever you have. Oh, that's it. <laughs> oh, I was going to I was going to So the the biggest thing to keep in mind, like you said, so Crowder was taking advantage of the situation to speak with him as well as the game plan cuz what they they knew so Crowder knew that on the mission on on Zoist he that Nioto was going to betray the Spartans. Yeah. Again. He knew. <laughs> he knew that was going to happen. Um, so essentially, he he made sure that when he split up uh, Sierra Force, as you guys remember, Nyoto was the commander of all the Prowlers. So these are all the, the ships and whatnot. Well, Crowder made sure that John got a set of prowlers that were loyal to him. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be super fucking important coming soon. There we go. But no, man, that's that's what I just wanted to add to that before we we talk about. Oh, no, thank you for adding that because that adds context to what's about to happen. Break it down, dog. Break it down. All right. So where they're going to pick up. So the mission kicks off the following day. Now, when I say day, I don't want those people who are like, oh, but time is relative. What is a day in Z-Hoist? I, it, this is all based off UEG, normal Earth days <laughs> when it comes to our timeline. So don't at me, bro. 
But <laughs> April 15th, everything kind of kicks off. And Colonel, uh, God damn it, Lieutenant Commander Nioto, he arrives at Z-Hoist. And he immediately does a call out for all the Black Daggers. And he orders them to give a burst transmission. And he does this kind of like the best way I can describe the situation. And those lore junkies are going to be mad at me for getting this off base. But this is for me to put it in a context that everybody understands. He basically orders all the teams of the Black Daggers on the planet to give a, hey, I'm ready over the radio on open comps. And that, uh, and what was that for? Why would he do such a thing? He does that claiming because it is a, he did, now this isn't written. So this is me speculating. This Ooh, speculate, okay. speculate. And I like to think I get pretty close with the speculations. Um, but I speculate that he did this in order to make sure they're ready because the force is so far and wide and it's an uncharted bullshit. And the easiest way to do it is to make sure they're all able to read each other and the black daggers being kind of an ODST group, you know, who knows where they landed and where, how they're doing mission wise. So it's to make sure that everybody is aware of the battle plan as a whole. That is the reason that he could give to superiors. If they were to ask him the real reason (laughs) And the one that is stated in chapter in uh, chapter twenty three of Silent Storm is that he did it. Oh, I'm sorry, chapter twenty four. The reason he did it was to basically broadcast to the Covenant where all they were <laughs> to sacrifice all the Black Daggers to the Covenant forces. What? <laughs> yeah, this dude's a fuck. Like, oh, dude, it's complete man. He, he literally sold everybody out. Not only that, he did it. He used his good faith. Because once somebody gets promoted in the military, there's a sense of good faith that you have in their orders. So he used his good faith to have everybody basically broadcast where they were to the enemy. Which is so fucked. Like, it's so so much worse than just giving maps or telling the Covenant where they were. To make them do it in good conscience is just so fucked. It's so wrong. No, man. I mean, that's that's human nature at its finest. It right? is, but it's self-preservation. Oh, God, you're telling me. But there is a good note. So the good note is basically Colonel Crowther and Sergeant Johnson. Uh, they know that the dude's a fuck. <laughs> so they don't broadcast anything. Same with the rest of Sierra Force. What? They're dis- disregarding orders? Not only are they disregarding orders, um, Nioto has a little surprise visit that happens. Oh, no. Uh-huh. So on his bridge, as he's doing all this fucked up shit, two people arrive. Colonel Crowther and Sergeant Johnson. And when they arrive to his bridge, unannounced, unknown, they immediately... Tell him, like, relieve him of command. They're like, hey, we're onto your bullshit. You're a fuck. You're a spy. Turn yourself over now. You're under you're under arrest, right? Now, what would you think were to happen, Ken Dog, if that if that were to occur? I would believe there would be audible gasp. And mm-hmm. what is this 
Im- Captain, what are they talking about? Immediately but the I'm- crew would be like, <laughs> who's the fake? Somebody's, you, you know what I mean? Like, who do I trust? Is it fucking Colonel Crowther? Is it fucking Commander Neoto? There'd be a lot of hubbub. You know what I mean? That's what you would expect. Oh, but I believe the, there was a different hubbubaloo. There was a different <laughs> hubbubaloo. Uh, because Crowther and Johnson, uh, they're not stupid, as we we cannot stress enough and or norm as many times. They expect that same hubbubaloo to happen, right? And kind of like take him during the hubbubaloo where everybody's like, oh shit, who do I trust? And then take him during that time. But that's not what happens. What turns out, everybody on that bridge is also a fucking spy. <laughs> yeah, yo, they were all like, <laughs> oh, they looking at them like, ooh, you in the wrong bridge, playboy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which they could not have anticipated. An 80-20 split, maybe. A hundred percent insurrection spy, they were not anticipating. And to be fair, I don't think you could anticipate that. Immediately, uh, so- they all drew. Oh, did they have themselves an old-fashioned Mexican standoff? No, it was not a standoff. It was a fucking (laughs) turkey shoot. It was rough. Battle immediately ensued. On this battle, on this bridge, was fucking Lieutenant Commander Nioto, his entire bridge crew, versus Crowther and Johnson. Oh, I like those odds. (laughs) You would, uh, except... Crowther gets mortally wounded. Yeah, Johnson. Uh, Johnson wasn't slick. Te- technically, <laughs> this is the second time. <laughs> the second time he kind of. I love Johnson, but he kind of blew it because the first one was in the restaurant, right? Yeah, Johnson has this- a way of fucking shit up on accident. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> doesn't mean to, and it's not. I do want to stress this with Johnson. It's not because of incompetence. It's just because. No matter how good a hand you're dealt, sometimes somebody's dealt a better hand. You, you know what I mean? It's just, he just gets fucked by fate. It's true. And and mind you, and 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 they got caught even though they were trying to be slick. So, mm-hmm. and keep me honest, when they kind of realized that they were about to get got, Johnson was carrying a, um, he was carrying the magnum on him. And he was trying to sneak the magnum into Crowder's hands, wasn't he? I do not remember that. Bearing in mind, I haven't read Silent Storm in like 10 years. Okay, perfect, because I got the notes. Anyway, perfect, so what thank you so much. Was- <laughs> I, now, got for you. those at home, because I know I've been doing this a lot, Silent Storm is the last book that I read long ago. Our next three books I have coming in on Sunday, so it will all be fresh knowledge coming into me. With notes. <laughs> With notes. But please proceed. What happened? <laughs> so essentially, it was a bad. It was a bad. It was a bad pass. So Johnson is trying to pass him like a, a sneaky gun, a little like secret magnum, because mm. they they know they finna start shooting. But the sensor operator was like, "Hold up!" So he whipped out his plasma and legit <laughs> hit. He hit Crowder with the double tap. Oh, one no. to the chest, one one to the chest, and one to the head. Crowder was out of the fight. He got he got that crit damage from the get go. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, the Mozambique is two to the chest, one to the head, right? Oh, bro, I didn't know there was a there there mm-hmm. was a term for it. So the Mozambique is two to the chest, one to the head, and it happened during an altercation that happened at a place called Mozambique. If I'm right, um. God, how do you spell 
Mozambique. Mozambique. Uh, so Mozambique is in a country. Did they uh, do that to a ruler? <laughs> uh, no. So it happened. I can't remember exactly. Once again, this is one of those things that your girl would have to. Uh, it's called the Mozambique drill or that's what it was called. But, you know, life is new. So we call it failure to stop drill. Now it was for, informally known as to the body, one to the head as a close quarter shooting technique that requires the shooter to fire twice to the torso, as well as a uh, one to the head. And the anecdote comes from, here it is, the Rhodesian mercenary Mike Rousseau, who in, who was engaged in the Mozambican War of Independence in 1964 to 1974. So this is actually a recent term that we have. Um, it happened at the fighting of the airport of Lerico Marcos, which is modern-day Mapitu, and Rosau rounded a corner and encountered an enemy combatant armed with an AK-47 at about 10 paces. And 10 paces is a weird term. Everybody has their own version, so I'm going to give the version of 7.5 meters. Rosau immediately brought up his Browning HP-35 pistol and fired two bullets at the target's upper chest, which is usually enough to incapacitate or kill a target outright, However, seeing that the fighter was still advancing, Rosau attempted a headshot that hit the gorilla through the base of his neck, severing the spinal cord. Rosau related the story to an acquaintance, a small expert, a small arms expert by the name of Jeff Cooper, who founded the Gunsight Academy Shooting School, who incorporated the quote Mozambique drill end quote into his modern technique shooting method. And since the Mozambique drill has been incorporated to Gunsight curriculum from the night late. 1970s in the 1980s los angeles police department officers and swat officers larry mudgett and john helms attended the pistol training on the gun site and received permission from cooper to teach the technique to the lapd however the lapd didn't like the name so they turned it into the failure drill as mozambique obviously kind of gives racist overtones (laughs) And like that, we are back in 2022. <laughs> yep, just like that. But that was late 80s when that all happened. So even then. Mm. Um, but yeah, Mozambique, that's what it's called. Mozambique. Two to the chest, one to the head. And that's why for you gun nuts who are freaking out, I'm not going to fucking neglect you. My homeboys with BT23, what was that fucking game? The people who made Battlefield made it. You Bad had, company? No, 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 no. It's not a Battlefield game. It is, you have the mech, you're in it. Titanfall. Titanfall, there's a pistol called the Mozambique, and it is a tri-point pistol. who shoots three rounds. That's two to the chest, one to the head. Oh, that's why it is called the Mozambique in Titanfall. That is tight. That is, see, look at you with your... Well, that, that's a little... Well, something, something there. Man, I tell you what, man. I'm not, I'm not smart, but I'm not stupid. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, But anywho, yes. yes. So yeah, he gets the old... But he gets a one-in-one, which is weird. That's what yeah. my point was going to be. That is, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so uh, Croder goes down like Tyson after the third round, and happened one time. Let the man get a brother. <laughs> oh man, the dude's doing great. He's, He's fucking doing crushing great. it. I'm so happy for the person Mike Tyson has become. But continue. Yes. So <laughs> shout outs to Mike Tyson. Um, but. Johnson actually ended up killing the guy, by the way. Johnson ended up um, killing... Uh, he returned fire and murdered the, the sensor operator that killed him. 
But at the same time, as Johnson was getting his shots off and escaping, um, Nero went ahead and decided to um, exfil all the um, ODSTs on the ship. Yep. And where do you think he expelled them? <laughs> oh, I don't know, Ken Dog. Why don't you teach me? Into the cold void of space. <laughs> Completely threw out his, the remainder of his army into space. Wow. What a great guy. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's like the worst way to die. I got to tell the story one time, <laughs> like at a later <laughs> date, about why I started saying it like that. Wow. <laughs> 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 um. But yeah, Naruto's a fuck. There's no other way for me to describe it. So, um, and then just to kind of wrap up uh, Zoist, um, they did actually stop him. Um, Johnson I, actually was the one that I would say really stopped him. Yeah. So essentially, while um, Nioto is, is, is placing orders on all the insurrection, um, insurrectionalists to wipe out with the remainder of the ODSTs and the Spartans... Johnson was carrying an emergency distress beacon. So, uh, like, so by kind of manipulating the orders that Nioto's been giving, as well as using the distress beacon, kind of like, um, I want to say Morse code or similar to the burst, um, message that Nioto wanted them to make. Johnson was able to, tr- to draw the covenant. To Nioto's ship, actually forcing them to to dip out. So that's a neat little thing. So Johnson kind of got Crowder killed, but he made up for it by getting the um, Nioto to retreat. And that's what I got on Zoist. Anything you want to add to that? Um, no. I'm just gonna go through the play by play. Oh yeah, no man. Go ahead about him, down. him meeting Lieutenant Ham and all that kind of thing because Ham will come back up later on. Got you. Um, do you want me to just touch on uh, John potentially going a wall, or is that later on? Oh, uh, we'll get there. Okay, cool, 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 cool. We'll you get, get there. You, you, you're, oh, pff, I'm gonna leave it. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> people need. Uh, I like people knowing that this isn't some pre-scripted bullshit. <laughs> We do it on the fly. Uh, we have our notes and we go through it together. Here, here. So um, Johnson is obviously pushed uh, pushed back, and that's where he meets Lieutenant Ham. And Lieutenant Ham is a female, but and I'm saying that because you and I are really bad with pronouns. Uh, <laughs> it's not a malicious intent. It's just because we we're stupid. So please forgive us. But Lieutenant, actually, <laughs> real, I'm so sorry. I meant to say um, I. Just to give everybody like the mission results, um, mostly all the STs were dead. By the way, yes, all the Spartans survived. And of the when they went to Zois and they took on the the Covenant flotilla of the the ships, they got nine out of ten ships. Right. Cool. All right, that's it. That's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. That was like the last little part. I forgot to put in there. Oh, you good? You good? <laughs> But we're on chapter 24. This is where all this takes place in chapter 24, by the way. Um, a lot happens in chapter 24, but basically, her as well as two of her black daggers they managed to avoid being vacked. And when we say vacked, it's what Ken Dog was talking about, where uh, Naoto was like, Hey, what's that? And then everybody got sucked into space really quick. Um, they attempted to breach the bridge. 
but uh, the insurrectionists then blew out the airlock and ejected them. <laughs> so realizing that they couldn't do anything else, Johnson activates his homing beacon and goes on to do what you were talking about. It'd be like that. Mm-hmm. Now, Sierra Force, which is i.e. the entirety of the Spartans, observes that all the pieces, uh, it observes everything that kind of happened and then quickly puts together what the fuck just happened to Dagger Force being ejected into space. And uh, the facilities at the Liberation Points are destroyed by the Black or by the Dagger Force's loyal Black Daggers. Seeing that the Covenant ships are arranging in a way that makes insertion on the Ring of Mighty Abundance, which is the ship in question, uh, it makes it impossible. So Master Chief has the rest of Sierra Force Prowlers drop them off at Zehoy's surface. In route to Zehoy's surface, Gold Team's Prowlers are either shot down or forced to retreat. Though all the Spartans currently are still alive, Blue Team and their Black Daggers secure the gravity lift. Nobody's dead yet. My man took the little. I'm like over here listening intensely. Had to take the little uh, pre pre mission uh, gulp. (laughs) Yeah, it's because um the way I have my notes organized, I accidentally clicked and held, so my fucking screen went everywhere. (laughs) Oh my god! So I was like, "Why are we about to jump into Halo Oblivion Chapter 21?" That's not where I am. Uh, Drinky poo time, but. And for those of you who are curious, I'm not an alcoholic. I actually cut my drinking down by a lot. (laughs) This is only my second beer. Calm down. But we're then, this is still, again, April 15th. Blue Team and their Black Daggers arrive on the Ring of Mighty Abundance. And the Black Daggers suffer heavy casualties. But Blue Team and a small number of Black Daggers are able to advance around the ring, planting Octa's and knocking out several stations. Basically, they planted bombs and blew out several of the stations around the ship. Green Team, at the same time this is happening, also succeeds in destroying several of the facilities, and Blue Team break out their ring road and board the under-construction supercarrier Hammer of Faith, i.e. what's about to be... It's the version of the Death Star 2 from Star Wars (laughs) is where this got from. I don't know... It's not a sphere, but you know how it, the second Death Star was like halfway built? Uh-huh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Similar shit is the best way I can put it. Imagine that, but as a ship. Ooh, that's bad engineering. They all went mm-hmm. to the same engineering school, clearly. Yeah, it, clearly. Somebody needs, clearly. HR needs a revamp. That's all I'm saying. Sci-fi HR needs a revamp. But they set their remaining Havocs, which are the nukes, and engage the Silent Shadow... Once again, one of the enemy ships before evacuating in Banshees and are retrieved by a ship by the name of the Night Watch. Not the Night Watch. Mm-hmm. While this what? is all happening, two out of the ten cities on Z-Hoist are destroyed by the Covenant Armada. Lord. The destruction now, a little something I've been kind of ignoring. For those of you who do read this book, it does really well at giving... We've been telling the Spartan and the human side of the story, and I've left out purposely, and you've kept hearing me say I'm leaving it out, but Silent Storm also gives the uh, the perspective of the Covenant forces at the time. 
and I've been purposely leaving it out because it's something that doesn't dwell too deep into later lore or earlier lore. It is very self-contained in the book. But something I do want to bring up is that one of the fleet masters uh, observes the damage done to Z-Hoist and the Ring of Mighty Abundance. And he's immediately berated for like the destruction of everything that happened. Um, but he... Uh huh, but he covers up a lot of the shit by saying the people responsible are already dead from the battle. And I just wanted to bring that up to kind of um we we on this podcast we're, we're because we haven't told the covenant side of the story yet we're kind of bad at labeling the aliens as evil, but they are having very equal human problems. Oh yeah, there, there's <laughs> yeah. a whole lot that goes on. It's yeah. funny because this guy, the first blade. He's essentially like special forces for the Covenant. Mm-hmm. So this is great that he's really bad at his job. <laughs> yeah. But I just wanted to give that to kind of um, humanize the Covenant a little bit. They have their own fucking bureaucrats that they're dealing with. Um, and once again, if you want more of that, please read Silent Storm. But moving on, the next thing that happens is uh, the Spartans and Sergeant Johnson have a party. <laughs> and do you have anything between this and the party? <laughs> Oh no, nah, man! This is you, man. Take us home. Take us to the, take us to the promised land. Uh, so the next thing that happens is on the ship that rescued all the Spartans by the name of the Night Watch, um, they have a party <laughs> with the Spartans and Sergeant Johnson. Um, and while they're partying, uh, partying, they're observing the destruction of the Oist. Stop playing! I'm not playing. Uh, while this is happening, Daisy and Fred have a moment. And this is why I want to date. This is why I did my Daisy episode. It all comes together, Ooh. right? Daisy hey, and Fred hey, have hey. a moment. And uh, <laughs> while they're talking about. Uh, they, they they initially start talking about Crowther. And Daisy actually relents. Um, at first, she's pissed about Crowther. Because remember, Crowther at the beginning of our two-parter with this is kind of a dick, right? Mm-hmm. And Daisy doesn't know any of the behind the scenes because everything happening behind the scenes has involved John and Johnson. So she doesn't know anything that's happening on, but Fred being kind of bros with John has a different version. So Daisy's immediately pissed at Crowther and she's like, good, fuck that guy. You know, we didn't lose anything. And Fred's like, listen, Crowther actually went to bat for us. Like you didn't see it, but this is all the shit that went down. And Daisy actually relents, which is weird because for everybody who listened to that episode, Daisy is a very headstrong woman, <laughs> like beyond belief, more headstrong than Halsey. And uh, she actually relents and appreciates Crowther and everything that uh, that he did for the Spartans. And because of her kind of flip switch, she then vows to hunt down Nieto. Mm-hmm. But while her and Fred are kind of having this heart to heart, behind her shows up Master Chief. And Master Chief, John 117, he uh he's like, listen, that's not gonna accomplish anything. There's a w- there's a way bigger picture happening out there. We should honor Crowther, but killing another man in his name won't bring him honor. We should focus on winning the war. That's what we'll do to honor Crowther. Killing Naoto won't do anything. And again, Daisy relents and she agrees. 
So some character development, you know what I mean? Like, like I love that little character development about a character nobody fucking knows. It's it's funny, right? Because the 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 book starts well, not book starts, but like the whole interaction between John and this man is John disregarding orders, mm-hmm. and now it's it's him following orders now. So yep. it's it's a nice little it's a nice like full circle. Everything comes full circle. Everything comes full circle. And we left out, once again, purposely the Covenant side, but please go read it. This is all, this is the epilogue. Um, it's a beautiful, that that's the end of Silent Storm. Ooh, right at the 150 mark, too. Right, man. right at the 150 <laughs> mark. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. <laughs> nah, nah. We usually do an hour and 45 to two hours, so we're right in the money. But, but yeah, that we're was the money. Halo Silent Storm. Once again, I cannot recommend this book enough, and I'm going to pull up the author one more time because he actually wrote a lot um, of Halo books. Troy Denning is his name. Mm-hmm. The ratings for Silent Storm are 4.8 out of 5 on Audible, a 4.3 out of 5 on Goodreads, and a 5 out of 5 on eBay. Ooh, baby. Yeah, it is it is a beautiful book. Even if you don't like Halo, this book is a standalone, like great read. Um, same with the next one. So to kind of give a preamp of what's happening next, that was the entirety of Halo Silent Storm. The next book that we are covering is Halo Oblivion. And I will I start reading that. It comes in on Sunday. I should start reading it no later than Monday. I should be ready for the first few chapters of the next episode. But because we're we well, do, worst case, we do a mini episode if you still need some some. Well, we have next work. week. We do uh, Technomancer for season yeah, two. So I, I actually have two weeks. Um, so I should have it done. I'll have it done in two weeks. I think it's a three hundred page book. I should be able to rip it through in a week. But, oh, what? Do you do that in like three days? Yeah, easy. Well, it all depends on bats. You, you know yeah. how it goes. But, uh, <laughs> <Never> <laughs> so uh, the next Halo that we cover is going to be a culmination. A lot of Halo Forward Under Dawn takes place at this point. Uh, I think, Ken Dog, are you going to take point on the Halo Forward Under Dawn part of the next se- season? Yeah, yeah. No, that that's no. I can I can totally watch that. And then Halo like Bad you- Blood is referenced, but that will be covered later. So the next parts are Halo Forward Under Dawn, and Halo Oblivion. I have yet to read Oblivion. I will give you my full review at the end of when we do it. I'll try to unlike what we did with this one, where I I, I fucking just go ranting and raving about how good it is i'll wait until the end of it to give my review of the book um but yeah i'll let y'all know oblivion is the next thing we cover yeah no man we're 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 in for wild times we're inching closer and closer we're now going into like territory that i'm i'm unfamiliar with and i'm excited for it man i'm so excited to learn something new about the halo universe well, we stay learning because I didn't know my man's was the one that gave uh, John his uh, master chief. I didn't know it either until like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Because it's one of those things where you read it and you're like, oh, cool. But it doesn't matter to you. And then years later, you're like, oh, shit, that's dope. Like that makes all the sense mm-hmm. in the world. But that is the end. Uh, Ken Dog and I have a little bit of a discussion to have. Um 
while we're still recording. But for those of you who are do not care at all, you don't listen to our pre-shows, you don't care about our own <laughs> two cents, that is officially the end of Halo Silent Storm. And like that, the world goes quiet. Mm-hmm. And uh, still no good tagline for the next episode. But we didn't finish our pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. So for those of you who missed it and didn't listen to the pre-show, uh, Ken Dog came up and visited. And that's why our last two recordings, each of us did a solo. He had a lot of personal shit going on. And then I had a lot of personal shit going on. It was a, It was a battle. But we want to maintain our one episode a week. However, <laughs> for you nice people, <laughs> um, and we're going to maintain that promise like that is bar none never happening again. You will get an episode a week. Um, we can't guarantee we'll both be a part of it, <laughs> but you'll get an episode a week. We're evolving. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, I mean, we're getting more supporters. People are giving us money. We have to treat this. Different. <laughs> Now, I guess <laughs> the yeah. show must go on. Yeah, uh, we have to deliver. But Ken Dog came up and when he came up and he visited me for my uh, and by the way, I love that little shout out at the end of your episode for Baby Bats. Oh, that yeah, was dope. I was, yeah, my, my son turned two and Ken Dog came up to spend some uh, before the party. He came up to have some solo time with his uh, nephew, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well you say it like that yes I, I don't know that's what you call it <laughs> yeah. we call you Uncle Ken <laughs> we, we had some unk time <laughs> mm-hmm. so the nobody will believe me when I say this and I don't care about their opinion but it's super weird um, even his grandparents he takes like a solid 30 minutes to an hour to warm up to people before he starts like talking to them and like treating them like a normal person he immediately latched onto Ken Dog. <laughs> immediately. Like, didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he was like, oh, sweet. You're like my dad. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I, he, he's known me. I think what was I told your wife, like, more than likely, he's heard my voice. <laughs> he has heard your voice, but it was so weird because even, like, he sees his grandparents every week. And he even still takes an hour to warm up into remembering them and you it was like a fucking didn't hesitate at all it was wild man it was wild he was constantly trying to give you kisses i know that was <laughs> which i thought was adorable actually i forgot to tell keely about it it's it's completely adorable oh uh, but i was like no yeah yeah no i understand from your point of view i get it I won't ever load that. I would be in the same boat. I would have been like, thanks, kid, but no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'll I give it. you a firm handshake. <laughs> I, trust me, man. No judgment. I would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, leave it, I'll, leave it, I'll leave it to the, uh, the listener's imagination. <laughs> but that's how he does My son doesn't. He's not great with expressing emotion. <laughs> So the way he expresses that he likes somebody is by giving them kisses. So, but as grown men, <laughs> obviously that's a little bit of a problem. I felt I felt like an oil baron. Like, no, boy. <laughs> oh, it was so cute, though. He uh, he dragged you around the room. Uh, it, it was adorable, man. I wish I would have gotten more pictures. That's my only regret is I didn't get more pictures, but. 
But yeah, no, he took to you like a, a fucking time. like a bead of honey, my man. We we had a good we had a good time. We mm-hmm. we had a really good time. It was uh, great, what, man. What was it? What the what was it that blew my mind? Um the house blew your mind because you've only seen one part of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, I, you know, I've never came, like, when I pulled up and I saw the first floor, I was like, oh, this is not the house I thought it was. <laughs> then we got downstairs and I was like, oh, yeah, this is right. <laughs> this is this is more at home for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is what I'm used to seeing. Oh, yeah, because I was like, oh, shit, this is completely... <laughs> I have no idea what what I was looking at before. And I was thinking about it, too. It's like, because, you know, I'm waiting for your okay. I'm not just going to show up on your doorstep. But, like, the next thing that has to happen is I have to come down there. Because you've officially visited me twice. And I've never visited you. Obviously, we need to rectify that. We do, we do. You're oh. you're gonna. Oh God. <laughs> uh, how? Once again, I'm waiting for your green light, and I won't bring it up, <laughs> nor will I ask. However, <laughs> it's not a hard one. Once once I have money, it'll mm-hmm. be great. Because <laughs> I've only ever seen your front porch, your backyard, and then your room. <laughs> that is all I've ever seen. And I've only seen your backyard once through a picture from when you were doing some landscaping bullshit. Oh my god! Oh, you know what's funny? That 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 version of my home that you've seen is normally my main spot on Thursdays. No <laughs> shit. Even, yeah, like the house in, in Clinton and uh, is where I'm, I'm primarily at. So it's it's one of those things where I have to figure out. I would rather. I have to see both. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I have to see both because I have no, oh, no. nothing of the new one. Well, we'll we'll show you both. It's it's more of a case of can you handle no internet? Yes, dog. <laughs> All right, perfect. I, <laughs> I am walking gonna... Ruby Ridge V two. <laughs> Great. I'm just going to put on the office on um on TV. Great. You know why? <laughs> so... That's all I need. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, dude, our, our little place is like tiny and quaint. It's the best way to put it. I don't care. I I, I don't it's, give a shit. <laughs> oh, dude, you've you've dude, literally you've been in a barrack, so like that's nothing compared. Oh, <laughs> You're dude. fine. No, but I also get to meet the hen god, which will be fun. He, he lives in the Chibata. area. So essentially, if you're staying with us in in the country, he'll be thirty minutes away. Perfect. Yeah, I'll see you. I'll see the hen god. I get to meet your girl finally, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And um, she, I love she, you, boo. Don't leave me. <laughs> she gets to tell me how stupid I am to my face, which I won't hold it against you. Trust me, everybody does it. It's fine. It's normal. I'm used to it. No, <laughs> um, she's gonna be the sweetest human being. I'll call. Oh yeah, that actually, we do got something to talk about. Uh oh. <laughs> who you who you calling an idiot? <laughs> Where you were like, oh, I, I oh, asked why for would you permission. Trust me? Why would you trust me? Nobody does that. There's a reason nobody does that. I was like, yeah, man, you do whatever you want. <laughs> You're like, hey, I might, I might do two. I'm like, I don't care. You can do three. <laughs> That's not how the conversation went at all. Oh, I no, asked I for like, permission, no, yeah. and you gave me the like, green yeah. light. I was like, what a fool. <laughs> I already, little did he know I already recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> I, that made me laugh. That that yeah, made me laugh. That was that was more of a I, shout out. I don't think you're an idiot. Come on. First oh. of all, if I call somebody an idiot, 
<laughs> That's kind of the pot kettle calling the kettle black a little bit. Um, oh no, I lilied it from uh, How I Met Your Mother. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it as a more of a kind of like how you did the little shout out to Matt's. Um, I, oh, yeah, I, I, I kind of did this little shout out to you to see if you <laughs> if you listen to it or not. <laughs> no, I I laugh because at the end of the day, I'm like, wait, I'm like this. If he want, he was gonna do it, even if I said no. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the same uploading privileges as you do. I can yeah, just like, what am I? What am I gonna do? Block the episode? Like, no, you're not getting into this war where this episode keeps popping up and then deleting. For real, it's just you and I having a tug of war. We don't tell the listeners about. Exactly. I'd be like, motherfucker! I told you two, not three. <laughs> Oh but um, one of the things I got you onto while you were up here was the original conversation we were going to have. Oh my god, this is uh, gonna have to be a bonus on the bonus, a bonus part two. Like I told everybody to leave. If they're not interested, they should have left. Uh, <laughs> um, you and I, I got you onto a show. I've never been angry for 20 plus episodes before. I, I got you onto a show, and for those at home, if you want to watch this show, it is called The Rising of the Shield Hero, and it is fucking phenomenal. I'm, I think the best, if you've ever, if you've ever wondered what it was like to be a minority, but you don't want to see any of like, any actual negative footage, footage, I highly recommend The Rising of the Shield Hero. It will show you what it's like to be a minority and where to start as a minority. First of all, I do want to add, though, it has nothing to do with being a minority. That is oh, not no, one it, of the it does it. it. It does not. It's, it has, that's I see what you're saying, words. but for my white friends, I'm going to tell them now because yeah. they won't watch no. it. <laughs> if we tell them that. No. Uh, um, the show I mean, like the game this of dude life. shows up into another world and he is immediately bastardized. Cons- cons- what, what's it called when you create a conspiracy against somebody? Um, conspired well, against. Yeah, do you, yeah, they, he's conspired against. Yeah, he um, becomes enemy of the state. He becomes an enemy of the state just for existing as a human. And it is a fucking wild show. And I, I will pretense it is an anime. However, it it is not an anime-like show. They don't announce attacks when they do them. It's not like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. It is a solid show that you can watch as an adult. My my wife watches it. Like, like that's how good it is. Is like if it was a live-action show, it would be better than Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, no, and and just to and just to give you guys an idea. Of how bad the main character has it, he's having a conversation with the other heroes. There's a there's a sword hero, a spear hero, and a bow hero. And and the conversation they have, they you know they figure out things about each other, as well as that the shield hero is lacking in information. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's to me new. We I, we were I was in for some fuckery. His lack of not of knowing, and mind you, there was no way for him to know this. No, I do want to clarify: there was literally no way, humanly possible, magically, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> for him to know this. And somehow it gets out to the town, and because he has no idea, it lit, it gives him a bad bad reputation of being clueless from the jump. 
and it's the like jump. He's been there for ten minutes. <laughs> legit ten minutes, and he has a bad rep because they're like, "Oh, you don't know shit, so you're not going to be a good hero." And it's like, what? Uh-huh. That's the thing I do like about it, though, is like it treats rumors. And it doesn't like over, it doesn't exaggerate them per se, but it does give it to like, if you heard, for example, because the next thing that immediately follows is like they get adventurers assigned to them, but the adventurers get assigned, like get to decide what party they join. If you were an adventurer and you just heard that the shield hero has no idea anything about currency, monsters, landmass, uh, anything at all, would you join his party? I wouldn't. I'd join one of the other three who do <laughs> for my own life. But it treats it in that way where each, once again, it's kind of like how we rave on certain stories. Each person is acting individually, and then those individuals come together to create a story. It does that in Shield Hero, too. And it is a beautiful fucking story, man. The the story does a good job of of it shows how he over he he overcomes every obstacle, and yeah. and through and grit, my, <laughs> grit <yes>. alone, <laughs> sheer grit, and the, I think that's what really sells the show. And and this is the best way to put it: if you are a person that runs purely on spite. If that if that is your main <laughs> like th- listen, you live a quiet life, but your main driving force is like, nah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, th- yes, thank you. I c- I couldn't think of a more eloquent uh, way to put it. Dude, I live it. <laughs> it's my motivating factor. If that's your motivating factor, to you this this is the show. This is the show, and and mind you, you're hooked from beginning to end. And that's yeah. I think that's the other thing I liked about it. There was no filler episode. No. The only filler episode is the last episode of the second season. That is it. Even, yeah, even then, it's like barely a filler episode because it's barely. more. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's, I, I, even if you don't watch anime, if you're looking for a new anime. If you've never watched no. anime before, ever, and oh, you, and you only one. remember the, the people from high school who wore those Naruto handbands and ran fucking weird through hallways. It's not that. Yeah, they they really they really hurt anime for the rest of us. Yes, they did. <laughs> that that, this that is put a, us back. <laughs> it is it is a fantastic show. I woke up and I came downstairs to see you were already awake, descended two floors, and were watching the show without me. And I was almost mad you were watching it without me because you were like three episodes further <laughs> than where I left you. <laughs> But it all worked out, right? Because we were all able to watch like the last part of the season together. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were. That all worked out great. It, uh, could not have timed it better myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, even my wife watches it and she is not a nerd like me at all. She is a very much very strate- uh, strategic and realist person. Um, and she loves it. And uh, I love it. And I got Ken Dog on it. I rewatched the uh, the second season recently. It is so fucking beautiful. I love that show. Do you watch the second season yet? No, man, I'm poor. Man, I'll give you my I'll episode. give you my crunchy roll. Um, <laughs> you gotta get on. Um, but yeah, Rising of the Shield Hero definitely worth the watch. And I am considering doing an anime review because I watch a fuck ton of terrible ones to find that one gem hidden in the rough. 
Mm, I'm down. I'll definitely bring you back in because I want to do one for um, Death Parade. Death Parade was fucking fantastic. You and I can do a join on Death Parade, see how it mm-hmm. goes. And then if it's something the audience wants, we can do it as a uh, kind of a bonus episode kind of thing. That'd be tight. Yeah. A little shake up. Yeah, because Death Parade was fucking fantastic. I That was one of those ones that make you think. And kind of bring anime. Because anime is so, it's kind of like how uh, video games were 10 years ago. Like, it's just for nerds. And it's it, not. It's not. It's starting to come into its own own thing again. I think World of Warcraft, the movie, had something to do with that. Mm. Bring people into the storylines that brings gamers in. Now it's going to do the same thing with animes. Yeah, it's it true. Plus, plus for all you realists in the world, there's adult animes for you guys too. I think it's called something different. I don't know what life. it's called, but it's uh, <laughs> slice of life animes. <laughs> Slice of life. I know what you're going for. The one that started with an H and I wasn't going for it because it's art. Because it's art. That's what it is. It's art. Tentacles and all. Oh, man. I was just quoting from The Office. It's called hentai. It's art. art. Even South Park did did a thing on it. What was the uh, the one with the kid? uh, The boys. Yahweh? Yahweh? Wait, when they when they were like animate up? No, 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 no. We're um, two of the kids. I forget their names now, but two of the kids like people kept drawing like them in a relationship together. Oh yeah, like uh, Yaoi or Yandari. Yeah, Yeah. First of all, I do want to say this. Um, There's some weird shit out there when it comes to. <laughs> I'm oh not going to argue with you. It is a hundred percent fact. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a demographic for everybody. Yes, there is. It does not care <laughs> if it will sell. It will go into that niche. But some of them, like Rising of the Shield Hero, are definitely made for everybody, and I cannot recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's true. It's so good. Every episode leaves you going, "What the fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yo for real i think i i i what i, 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 well, I think for so like mad so, <laughs> yo for for 20 episodes i wanted to take his shield and just start like beheading a ton of people in that town <laughs> you know who got me on that show i didn't who? find that i got put on that by my old boss Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> He's like, oh, you'll get a kick out of this. Yes. He was like, you're a spiteful human being. Here's a show for you. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I came up to him like a month later because I never do something immediately when somebody recommends it. It takes forever for me to get to it. But then I was hooked. I was like, this shit. <laughs> and you're like, you son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> it's a good thing I shaved my head. If not, I'd be pulling my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, yo. Um, the, I think the last anime that had me like this was definitely uh, Death Note. Oh, Death Note's a solid one. I would I wouldn't put yeah. that on like an introductory watch list though. No, 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 no. You you gotta be in the game. Mm. You gotta be in the game a little bit just because I it, it would be off putting in the beginning just because you're like the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like um like it like. Intro level, I would definitely put Rising of the Shield Hero. Maybe I even put full full metal. Full metal. Full metal. My wife watches full metal. She loves full mm-hmm. metal. She just restarted it because she lost her spot. There <laughs> you go. Like, uh, and she was like, fuck it, I'll start the whole thing again. 
Make sure it's Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's watching. Uh, Brotherhood is the one to go to. Um, Yu Yu Hakusho, I'd put in mid tier. Like that's a secondary, just because the the lead up is is long. There's a lot of there's a lot of dedication to it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, we want some low low minutes, clean mm-hmm. cut stories for you. Beginners. Um, if you're if you're cool with uh, gore, I would say Tokyo Ghoul. But that's going to be a late tier if you're not cool with blood and gore, and an early tier if you are cool with it. Listen, we're going to start it. We're going to start back in the 80s. So what you're going to oh, do wow. first is, yeah, we're going back. You're going to watch two movies first to dive in. You're going to start with Ninja Scrolls, and then you're going to watch the original Akira. Oh, you're just going to leave Heavy Metal out? Hold on, sir. <laughs> we gotta, we're, we're, going, we're going through the decades. So we want to start out with Ninja Scrolls and Akira. Then from Ninja Scrolls and Akira, you're going to jump onto this beautiful little anime called Fist of the North Star. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't have to do any of that. Start with fucking Rising of the Shield Heroes. <laughs> Come back to us. <laughs> I will do at some point. There will be a you, me, and anime that will happen. I just don't know what the fuck it would be because it would just be me talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and if if it works and it works, if not, then don't listen. You come, you come find me for the Golden Boy. That wouldn't episode, be though. that wouldn't be hard though. Every now and then, like you, Hen God, I have some other people on, and I yeah, ask them what their it, other man. ones are. We go through it, and then we we not rate everything from like S tier to F tier, or like on a scale of one to ten, but like on starter, in intermediate, uh, or expert level of like watching anime. I I think we start slow with categories. Be like, hey, this is like low tier mm-hmm. fighting animes or low tier um, fan service animes. <laughs> yeah, you there's want a lot of it. those. Um, yeah. I actually watched a fan service that wasn't bad. It was actually really good. Oh, don't say High School of the Dead. No, I've never watched that. <laughs> uh, actually, oh, I say come- that like I hate it, and then I'm the name I'm about to drop <laughs> is so bad. Uh, so first of all, I am a Konosuba fan. I fucking, oh no. I love it. I fucking love it. It is so fucking funny. Uh, but the one I watched was uh, my dress up darling. The fuck did you just say? To yeah, me? I know. So it's about a dude. This, is, this does not it's sound a, great. It does not sound great. In that I was, believe it or not, I got this off a Russian meme app, and and um. This dude fucking recommended it to me, but it's basically a movie or it's a, it's a show about this dude who his he lives in Japan and he creates like a a Japanese um like I don't know how to describe it. He creates dolls more or less, but they're like high price. You're not meant to play with them. They're like display art kind of things. And he gets sent down this weird ass rabbit hole where he starts making fucking um cosplays for people it was actually fucking funny as fuck do you know why you enjoy it why is that because it's published by square enix get the fuck out of here it is no it is not it is legit (laughs) oh my god yeah it's it's fucking published by square (laughs) enix (laughs) that's why it's so good (laughs) I was wondering. I was like, this sounds like the stupidest thing ever. And then by like the second episode, I was like, I'm so sold. <laughs> like, 
I binge watched the whole fucking thing. Like, and, and mind you, I've, I've never seen it. I have no idea. I know it's a big deal because I literally typed in my D and instead of like my dick, it literally came up my dress up dark. No fucking <laughs> so way. Like that's the first thing like like typing it out in Google. No fucking So it's very way. popular. You're not you're not some crazy man. Oh thank God, dude. Because I was like putting that out there for the world. I was concerned. <laughs> Yo, and it literally, it, the anime series literally just came out a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It's newer for sure, mm-hmm. but it, it definitely has a uh, a more American sense of uh, humor that's in it. More Western sense, I should say, not American, but more Western sense of humor. Like well, you when, would think with all the like oh, when the ahead, main chick starts realizing that she has feelings for oh. the the uh, the protagonist, she fucking is not stoked about it, and she is cursing the entire time. She's like. Oh fuck no! <laughs> oh, you're a complete fuck boy. Which is totally opposite than like what we're used to in Japanese animes, where it's like, oh, I love him so much, I would die for him. He can start a him, it's fine. And in this one, it's like, oh no, 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 no. Like <laughs> of, of everybody, of everybody, it could have been. Mm-hmm. That's what sold me. <laughs> Because I don't trust slice of life's, they're fucked. <laughs> like, never trust them, dude. I'm telling you, the, for me, for me, it's, it's definitely um, Golden Boy is the the best one. You've been telling me, Golden you've been telling me about Golden Boy and Vinland Saga forever. You gotta do Golden Boy. Yeah, which one am I speaking of? Where do I even find Vinland Saga? Because I can't find it on Crunchyroll. Or oh, dude, it's on net. It's, it's on Netflix. Oh, that's why I can't find it. <laughs> yeah, it's on Netflix. The whole the whole thing. Golden Boy, it's a sex comedy. Yes, dude, you have no like. It is probably the most perverted, wholesome thing I've ever seen in my life. And mind you, this is an anime I watched as a kid. I mean, it was made in '95. Yes, that's <laughs> when that's when everything kid. was really weird. <laughs> yeah, yo, me. like. It's dude. It's such a wild anime. Like the 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 end of the day, like the the guy, the main character is a student of life. So he, what's that he goes, mean? And in the case of the anime, he literally goes to town. He goes to a town. He finds an odd job. He just wants to live life. That's it. He wants to live and learn. And and mind you, like the anime starts with him racing a chick on a motorcycle versus his pedal bike. Him becoming a swim instructor, him becoming a, a bodyguard for a Yakuza's daughter. And fuck? it it yeah, dude, it's it's such a wild anime. And all those relationships culminate with everybody coming together in one episode, but it's it it is <laughs> the dude's a pervert. Like one he's a pervert with a heart of gold. Fucking I'm down. It's, I'll give it a watch. It's, it's Tell you a what, dope I'll watch anime. this one. Because you you know my expertise now. When I showed you Rising of the Shield Hero, do you trust me now with anime? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. The, the, you've betrayed that level of trust before. You've done it to me in gaming. So no, I don't no, trust you. No, 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 you. no. I but I am a hundred percent so far in anime. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You're right now. Your your credibility is looking good. <laughs> the, your credit score is at so, seven fifty. So for right reference, now. <laughs> though, I don't judge it on whether or not I like it. I judge it on whether or not my wife likes it because my wife is not a nerd. So if she likes That's, it, it has yes. to be Yeah, um, yeah. Because she's she is very fucking picky, which I'm not complaining about. Like you have the right to be, but the other one that you now have to watch is Re Zero. Uh, 
Ah, uh, yeah, you've been you've been trying to get me to watch. That I one cannot fucking that one. Yu Yu Hakusho has been my number one anime since I was a child, like for thirty years. <laughs> Re Zero took the number one spot with no fight. Stop playing. I'm not fucking around. It is that good. No fan service. It is a hundred percent about the story, there for the story, and it is a fucking marvelous ass story. It is better than Rising in the Shield Hero in my book. Look, I'm not trying to be that level of angry again. Not this soon. <laughs> no, 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 no. It doesn't make you that angry. It, it's not a. It's not spiteful watching. It is okay. a what the fuck is happening and how do we stop it? <laughs> I, I can guess with that. I can, I yeah. can guess with it. Okay. Your next one after you finish uh, Rising of the Shield Hero has to be ReZero. I know Hen God fucking at least knows the characters. <laughs> he hasn't yeah, watched it. Yeah, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I am telling you, it is fucking... You, it's... I I don't have time. So Yu Yu Hakusho is the last one that I... The last anime I'll watch... That takes like 10 episodes to get into. I'm done with that shit. <laughs> like, no, I'm not waiting till episode 500 for your show to be good. I'm not doing it. I'm now like very much. If your first episode doesn't hook me, I'm not watching it. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Time is too precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if it kind of like if I'll nibble at it, I'll give you three to five. ReZero hooks you on the first episode. Alright, we'll see. We'll see. We will put it to the test. Let me know. I'm always around. But yeah, we'll do a uh we'll do some spin-offs. It probably won't be on the Yumi and Lore site. We'll probably do a uh a seconder that's only on Spotify and somewhere else, but we'll do oh, a yeah, uh, a yeah, tiny one. Yeah, we'll do a, a smaller podcast where we'll bring people in. And then that way you don't have to commit to it. And it'll just be something I do. <laughs> that's <laughs> you never know, man. We might have a, enough for a little bit of everything. It'd be fun though, bringing different people in from some mm-hmm. of our uh, our adventures so far on this podcast to for an anime focused one because it's such a taboo subject for the mainstream. Uh, I don't. I mean, not not like it what it used to be. I'll mm. say like ten years ago, yeah, yeah. Now uh, people are a lot more open to it. Well, ten years ago, all we had was fucking Naruto. Like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's all anybody knew. Naruto and Bleach. I, great shows, but damn, those fucking high school kids with the headbands ruined I'm it for so everybody. I'm so sick of it. Yeah. They, were <laughs> they all really ruined so it for fucking everybody. weird. And I got beat up because I watched anime. No, you got beat up because you were weird. <laughs> you were doing, you <laughs> thought life was the anime. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, oh man! That run! That run! <laughs> <laughs> I'll die on that hill too. You can take that to my grave. I'll run on that campaign. But with that being said, we'll jump off of our soapboxes. I think we covered it all. I think we're there. We did start to finish on both the pre-show as well as Halo. Next Halo episode will be in two weeks. Where we'll start going through Halo Oblivion. Next episode, we are returning to season two for, I believe, the third episode. Right. Of the Technomancer, we're picking mm-hmm. up the Noctis. 
third. Or as I like to call it, Arabian Nights. <laughs> yeah, we're getting into some weird shit going on in Technomancer episode three. How many episodes do you think is left of Technomancer? Oh, dude, we're only in Act Two. Yeah. I, I'd probably, I'd probably argue six tops, five at the most. If, yeah. if um, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, if Act Three doesn't get too too yeah. crazy because I'm still going through it, then yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. Act Three, some Act Three gets weird. <laughs> It, no, it does. It, it does get weird, yeah, because that's when it's like time to cash in on all those relationships. Yeah, that's where uh, everything <laughs> starts planning out. But that's not the end of season two. When we're done with that, we are then moving into my game of choice, and that one's going to be at least twenty. It's going to be quite. It's going to be yeah, eighteen dude, that's to a twenty. Whole, that's a whole other long form. <laughs> I can't imagine it taking more than twenty, though. Ah, oh, dude, this is this is this with this particular director and like all the little tidbits. Anything is possible. Yeah, we'll we'll get there when we get there. It will definitely be a uh, one and done. It won't be long form like Halo because that's. Um, I think the Halo universe so far ends at. Let me see. We're at twenty five twenty five. The last date I have for my timeline is in Wow! Holy shit! Twenty six ten. So. <laughs> We got a while in Halo. We're never. It's it's never over. We'll be on season three, still doing season one. Oh, it's all will never come to an end. And then don't forget, stay tuned. We will be having more people on, um, coming onto our podcast, doing who do things that we enjoy. We're gonna have some streamers on. We're gonna have some other YouTubers on. We're gonna have some. Spotify podcasters on. We're going to have a lot of people on. We're, we're going to be going through their lore. Um, we will be sure to entitle those appropriately so that we don't click on them on accident. And Ken Dog, did we decide, are we going to do those in conjunction with that week's episode? So if somebody's not interested in our interview form, they'll have a different episode to listen to for that week. Um, Did we ever decide on that? No, let's we'll we'll have that conversation all Okay, so we got a we got a couple things that we still got to hammer out on our side, but stay tuned. We'll get there when we get there. This has been this episode of You, Me, and Lore. I've been your host Brandon Weiner, and with me as always has been the Kenny Gomez. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. See y'all. Peace. podcast written and produced by Brandon Weiner and Kenny Gomez sound and editing by Brandon Weiner intro composed and played by the amazing Achilles Amistad transitions and outro composed and played 
by Sam Gibbs. Both of them can be found on Fiverr.com. Also, for inquiries, information, and most importantly, feedback, please visit you, me, and Lore. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and so much more. Thank you.